Welcome, everybody, to the Roadie on the Horn podcast. My name, as always, is Donovan. I'm here with my co-host, Ryan, and we also have a special guest. But first, Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Donnie. Thank you for asking. Super excited to be here today, as always. Talk about some sports, as we always do on this Roadie on the Horn podcast. Get into some listener questions. Really looking forward to it. And obviously, super excited that we have a guest today, as you alluded to, our friend Eric. So super glad that he is here with us today. Yes, we have the man, the myth, legend himself, Eric Jensen. Um, he has been mentioned on the podcast a couple of times before, mostly because he has a song, um, Eric Jensen, Eric, Eric Jensen, which is just truly a classic, um, at Eric18Utah on, I think, most socials. I, I don't know exactly if it's every social, but um, Eric is here, and he's, he's ready to just shoot the shit. Eric, how are you doing today? You know, we said we were going to start this thing like... <laughs> An hour ago, and uh, here we are at 7 p.m. Also, can I just say, Ryan, let me give you some like legitimate critique. Every time that Donnie throws to you when you start the podcast, because I am a fan of this podcast, I listen every oh, thank you. And every time Donnie throws to you at the beginning, it's just it's so awkward. Like, you got to get more natural. That's the beauty of it, though. Like, That's- you got to get more natural. Like, you don't need to tell me every single thing you do in a podcast where you yes, do the you- same thing every single week, every single week. I mean, it is. He, okay, so he has a point. RK, we do the same thing basically the entire every week. It's like we go over our week recap and it's been the same thing that it was the last yeah. week of the week before, which is fine. We're very consistent on that. You know what? You know, maybe <laughs> there's one new listener on this podcast who did not know what we do. So to you it's, it's listener true. who has never listened to Rody on the Horn podcast before, welcome. I'm glad that you are now informed as to what goes on on the show. Other yes. than that, I don't um, have anything mean to say. Sorry. Was that a bad way to start my podcast? No, I mean, well, actually, you making fun of me is exactly how I wanted this to start. So thank you, Eric. See, see, I always think you would be more along the lines of, oh, you're an hour late. You're an asshole. You made us wait. But I did. I napped earlier. Hand up on that. You know, I and that's OK. The thing is, we make mistakes in life and it's it's our it, we just got to grow from Fine, it. I'm not um, that mad like, about it. I think we can. I don't have that, a girlfriend, right Donnie. Just oh, know. we know. Oh, we know, Eric. Trust me. Have, have you seen yourself? Um, but <laughs> we, we will we will move forward into our first sports topic of the week because that's what people are here for. And it has to do directly with RK's Eagles. Obviously, uh, you know, RK, do you just want to explain the Carson Wentz saga and how we got here? Yeah, you know, it's un- a little unfortunate, obviously, now that the last podcast we're talking about how I was surprised that Carson Wentz had not been moved yet. Now we are in a situation where he has officially been moved to the Indianapolis Colts. My initial reaction at time of the trade is I thought it was a fair trade. I really did. A, a conditional second round pick that could be a first if Carson Wentz plays over 75% of the snaps or over 70% of the snaps and Colts make the playoffs. So um, tack on a third round pick on there as well. So All things considered, I thought it was a fair trade, just given the fact that obviously Carson Wentz's contract is a big cap it, obviously over $30 a year against. Eagles have a lot of dead cap in that, so they're definitely not completely off the hook by any means. But did obviously see that trade. Just in terms of kind of like a personal note, I I just like rooting for Carson Wentz. You know, I was obviously an Eagles fan when they drafted him second overall. was super excited to see kind of this franchise change a little bit. Obviously, they were able to get a Super Bowl 
while Wentz was with the team. Obviously not that he was the starting quarterback in that game, but nonetheless, he had a great season in 2017, able to see him be very good. And then it's kind of been an unfortunate regression since then. Obviously, he tore his ACL that year, came back the next year in 2018, and he came back in week three. So it was always kind of awkward. It seemed like he was almost rushed back a little bit, had the back issue towards the end of that year. Then we even throw it back to the next year. He's able to play most of the season, plays pretty well. I thought he kind of carried an Eagles team without a lot of good quality skill players to the playoffs, then gets injured in the wild card game against the Seahawks. And then he comes back this year and regresses even more than that. So certainly does not come without risk for Indianapolis. This is a player that has definitely been more limited as a result of his injuries the last few years, at least as it comes to managing the pocket and ability to extend plays. It definitely seemed like he was more of a statue last year. But having said that, I think Carson Wentz as a person is someone that I would like to bet on to come back and have some success. So um, if he does kind of ball out in Indianapolis, I will be excited to see that for sure. You know, as I said, just one of an, an athlete that I really like to root for. But having said that, I think it's mostly going to be kind of Jalen Hurts time now in Philly. Obviously, there's a chance that they could have a quarterback up at pick six or trade up, say, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson's available. Not out of the question by any means, but um, I would say I probably expect it to be mostly Jalen Hurts time. So um, that's kind of my thoughts on the trade. You know, a little sad to see Wentz go as a as a personal behalf, but I thought the return was fair. So that was probably my initial reaction on it. I think that's good analysis. Um, we can swap, swap it over to Eric a little bit. Um, obviously, as a Broncos fan, you're kind of in this category where you sort of kind of need a quarterback moving forward. And I did see some rumors that the Broncos were at least going to try or talk about getting um, Carson Wentz or another quarterback. Um, what do you think is next for the Broncos or just other teams that missed out on Wentz? Considering I think Wentz sets the market in terms of a price. Um, you know, obviously we've got many other quarterbacks on the, on the board right now in terms of trade options, but um, are, are you upset at all? The Broncos did not make a move to get Carson Wentz. Or do you think the Broncos are going to move forward and try to make another move? Um, what, what's the thought process here? Eric? I, I don't know who to believe on the Broncos quarterback situation. It seems like you look at, any number of guys like you live in the market, Donnie, like any number of guys will tell you completely different things. There have been totally conflicting reports out of Denver on literally every single quarterback this year that's available in this huge carousel that's going to go down this offseason, it seems. Personally, I had nothing against Carson Wentz. I, I it, it sucks that he regressed so much, but I, I really didn't want him on the Broncos. I mean, if you listen to everything out of Philly and Ryan, you can tell me if this is wrong, but like, it sounds like he refused coaching basically decided that it was, he was as good as he was going to get. And though he had massive mechanical flaws that ultimately led to his regression, he never really wanted to fix those or listen to Doug Peterson. And though Doug Peterson's coaching didn't help once out, like I, I feel like it's kind of a, there was mutual hurt between both those guys. I, I feel like neither of them helped each other out a ton. And uh, I, I honestly am not super interested in this in terms of the Colts. I mean, I think it's fine. Obviously he's had a success with Frank Reich before, but I just feel like, I don't know. He, he was to me, I'm not sure if he's a huge upgrade over what Phillip rivers was last year to be honest with you. I think like average Carson Wentz gives you about the same ceiling that Phil Rivers gave you this year. And Carson Wentz has very much been average since that MVP year. He is not really like he has moments, but he has not put together a top 10 quarterback resume since his 
MVP season, personally, I believe. He's somewhere between that, like, 11 and 15, somewhere there. And I think that's the level you hope to get back up to because I, I believe he was – like maybe only Drew Locke was worse than Carson Wentz last year. I, I I truly believe that. Like he was so bad, it was hard to watch the Eagles. But I'm more interested in the Eagles' future. To be completely honest with you, I love I. From what I saw from Jalen Hurts, I really liked him. I mean, I think he's kind of souped up Gardner Minshew, and like he'll be a good bridge guy. And I think that Trey Lance. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence would all be upgrades. I would not be shocked if the Eagles just decided to bring in like a clone of him in Mac Jones, to be completely honest with you. Uh, that to me, that would be a really fun offseason quarterback battle would be Mac Jones and Jalen Hurts. But I I I don't know. The Eagles are in a weird spot, Ryan, right? Like they're not contenders like the roster has holes everywhere like Fletcher Cox might be a cut casualty like that that is a point where I would disagree I think Fletcher Cox definitely has his job but I think your overall point there that they're paying I've a lot been of reading some stuff yeah I've been reading some stuff that he could be a cut, cut, cut casualty that would surprise me a lot to okay. be honest Greg Rosenthal seems to think that and he I, I trust his pulse on these type of things but um I mean, I think the Eagles are just in a really interesting spot because they're definitely not bad enough where if if Jalen Hurts plays average next year, the, I, I see the ceiling, the floor being like seven and nine. Like, they're going to be an average team. And, yeah, but they have a lot of holes for sure, and they yeah. just got Deshaun Jackson as well, so there's yeah. obviously still they, room. They've got to get some receivers, Yep. So there, there's definitely a lot that is not going well. The offensive line still has holes and is aging. You have the right side of your offensive line with Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, and Lane Johnson, and they've all gone through injuries in the past. Kelsey's been pretty good, but he's kind of been mulling retirement the last few years. And their left tackle, Andre Dillard, former first-round pick, coming back off a season where he was injured for the year. So there's just a lot of things that are wrong with the roster, which is still kind of interesting to me that they're still allowing Howie Roseman to be making all these moves and transactions. They move away from Wentz. They move away from Peterson, but they still have the same general manager. Who he's put so tight. The roster last he's year. so tight with Lurie though. Like that to me, he is almost an extension of Lurie. I think he is like one of the most safe general managers in the entire NFL, no matter what, just because I think Jeffrey Lurie is like intensely loyal to him. And yeah, and I agree will with not that move but I don't necessarily think it's necessarily the smartest thing. I think right, Howie right. definitely had a factor in, in how the offensive line did not have enough depth for the Eagles to be competitive last year. They went through a few injuries and then everything just went to shit. They were in an in, in interesting spot last year, though. They just did not have that much cap room. I haven't taken a look at their cap situation this year yet. Not good. It's not, not, it's, it's not good. It's not yeah, good? It's really not good. Uh, yeah. I would kind of – I think he might – but, I mean, it's the same as always, you know. Like, Roseman's always going to be a gunslinger. Like, I, to me, I think that – I would not be shocked if he makes more trades to bring in kind of more talent. I mean, yeah, that is definitely a good point. Roseman is always looking for trades. So I definitely think Ertz will get moved this offseason still. And uh, we'll see what else they do. They brought oh, in. Sheesh. Like yeah, that. that's not great. There are a lot of teams under the cap this year. 
Yeah, they are currently 31st of 32 teams in terms of open cap space. Um, Yikes. That's, uh, but to be fair, that's not like necessarily a shocking figure. It's nothing like surprising. They've had so many, I would say, high quality tier tier one, tier two players in their um, specific positions. That's like, you know, obviously as players age, and I mean, having a quarterback issue definitely doesn't help, but as players age, you're going to have to deal with these issues. Like guys are going to want to get paid, everything like that. And we've seen it time and time again, even with the Giants coming out of their Super Bowl, the Super Bowl contention years um, or the Super Bowl winning years, they haven't even recovered from those those problems. Like people were complaining about Eli Manning's contract two years ago after seven years after he had won his last Super Bowl and seven years after they had done anything in the playoffs. So when you have a guy that has been extended that long, and obviously it's like they, they had cut bait on some guys like Jason Pierre-Paul, who we saw is just still a, a very, very talented piece that they would love to have right now. But it's like you see in football especially, I think the contract disparity in terms of how much these guys get paid long-term, and then it ends up – because obviously you can just cut these guys and you know, you'll know have some dead cap here and there. But I think the Eagles are in this position to where – they are not, they're not bad enough, as Eric said, they're not bad enough to be like a top five pick, but they're not good enough to be a playoff team. And that is, as we've discussed many times, literally the worst place to be in, in sports when, you're, when you want to follow a franchise. Legitimately the worst spot to be in. As Eric does with the Broncos. I don't think but, they're um, in cap hell, though. You I guys, mean, it, it's you good got out of cap. You, you were in cap hell. You're not in cap hell any longer. You're fine now. But, but there were years where the cap was not pretty and the team was not good. It's good that you guys got me on here because I uh, like, let me be honest. I like, I put out my Super Bowl recap show for End Zone Podcast and decided I was just stopping caring about the NFL for like a month. So, this is like a good little refresher before I get really back into the game pass and stuff within the next few weeks here and looking at free agents and stuff. So, well, I think there's probably no better time to start getting into the NFL, considering the offseason will ramp up in the next coming weeks. Yeah. Um, we've I've already seen a lot of people posting mock drafts. I know Ryan does his entire position breakdown. He watches more film than anybody I know. Um, so he'll obviously have an Oh, Ryan's there. a tape dog as well. Oh, he, he, is, he is more of a tape dog than you are. I will guarantee that. This guy, I am, a, I am a tape guy 365 days a year. Well, I, took, I took February off, so yes, you're more of a tape dog. He, but when it, I'm a tape dog, I tape dog hard. That's, that's you know, hard. Uh, I definitely respect the, the ability to watch that much tape, but Ryan goes overboard to a point where I can't even like, I can't even understand how he functions. Really, um, even to that point, Donnie, I had a conversation this week. I, I so I'm in my senior year at University of Iowa last semester here for me in college. So I've been reaching out to a lot of like different like professionals and people in sports on LinkedIn and whatever recently. I reached out to someone who is interning with USC and like their player personnel department and whatnot. And I had a conversation with him. We were talking through draft prospects and we finished that call. He was like, he's like, man, like you could do this for real. Like you, you have a lot of knowledge in this stuff. And this was a guy who was like, got a job at USC football. I was like, damn, like, all right. Like <laughs> I just do this as a hobby. I just like watching football. So, so you, you a game pass guy, Ryan? You know what? I have had game pass before. Most definitely. I have not, I don't think I have access to it right now, but yes, I'm definitely familiar oh, see, with I'm not, see, I'm not, see, I'm a, I'm, I'm tape dogging in a different, I, I don't do any draft stuff. I can't find college tape anywhere. It's just but on I, YouTube. But like, once I get on, once like I get like, once they get in the NFL, then I take it. Okay. Respect. Um, I'm prepared. I know other guys when they're coming into the draft. 
So. No, no, I feel you, man. Let's. Well, we're gonna get you on the end zone podcast at some point. We're gonna okay. get both of you on at the same time. That's okay. my promise. When I'm on a podcast, I, I make sure we do home and homes. I like. I like hearing that. Justin Fields over Zach Wilson. That's my take. That uh, is, is buried a lot. I gotta disagree with that one. That's 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 my take. I like. Uh, I like Fields over Wilson. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something that we've discussed in the past. Um, maybe not on the podcast, but it's definitely something that we've talked about. Um, and I think that's something that may change as time goes on. I mean, you never know with RK. RK changes his board all the time. You never know who's going to go. He, he's a big tier guy. So even in, within the tiers, it's like you never really know who's who he likes more in the tiers or who's better in the tiers. Um, it's always an ongoing evaluation, things, Donnie. That's how I refer to it. Evidence he, he changes is, things. No, I feel that. I'm pretty sure he was changing his board down to the draft last year, like literally the day of the draft or the day before yeah. the draft. And I think that's the way you have to do it. And it's definitely a respect, respectable way to go about it. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think, um, you know, Eric may not be the most uh, qualified person to talk sports all the time, but when you come to football and you, when you get scouting advice from Eric, I, I think he's on there. That, that's, that's one thing that his calling has, has found. And obviously with Ryan, Ryan literally lives for, for scouting and watching tape and, you know, even if it's players that he are no longer on his favorite football team, he just really likes to go back and watch their 2017 highlight film, um, which is, you know, totally, totally reasonable. Um, at this point, I think we can move on from the NFL news, considering there's nothing really going on. Obviously, yeah. we talked about cuts a little bit. Sorry, uh, we, we wasted 17 minutes on Carson And the, the, the thing is, it doesn't really matter. Um we saw Deshaun Jackson, Kwan Short, uh, JJ Watt. We've talked about JJ Watt. Uh, nothing has happened with them yet. When they sign, I think it'll be a little bit more um, easy to discuss. But I think we can go on to the NHL. Um, something that all three of us have been, you know, watching semi. I, I don't know how much Eric watches outside of the Avs, but I do know he loves watching the Rangers, and that's something that is really just it brings a tear to my eye when he says, "Oh." Great, great shot or, oh, that was rough um, when the Rangers are giving up goals. And, you know, it's been a lot more negative than positive recently, but we have seen some good games. Um, but we will discuss uh, Eric's Avalanche played in Lake Tahoe, the outdoor special that ended up being, uh, what was it, nine hours yeah. later? Holy shit. Some eight, eight or nine hours after the start. Um, yeah. I think that was due to snow and, and sun issues and all that. Sun, mainly sun. Which no is snow just, issues whatsoever. Who's shocked, dude? It is, it is February, in the mountains. I don't, I don't, I don't. I think that would have been like the most obvious thing. Um, and then they ended up playing at night. It looked better at night. It was much more fun, I think, just in general as a from a viewer's perspective to watch the night, um, night hockey. Uh, but I, I think I'd like to get your two takes on this. My question is: Should this even be happening? Is this something that that really should be going on right now? It's like. There's no fans. It's not like that. I don't. I don't know. It's not that momentous for me. It's like they're playing hockey outdoors. Whoopee, great. Um, nobody's there to watch. The game got delayed nine hours. Was did this happen to happen? Like this is something that really should have happened. Eric, we'll start with you. No, I mean, no. That's a short answer. But I'm biased too. I don't like any of the NHL's outdoors games. I don't think they broadcast well on television. I think like in person, fine, sure, it might might be okay, but like it never looks right on television when it's an outdoor game. Like I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the experimental camera angles NBC always tries to break the out worst. during these outdoor literally, games. Literally the worst. Like I. But that said, I I am a fan of chaos and weird stuff happening in sports. 
So like the weirder you can get, the better. I personally want them to go like, you see all these videos in like Scandinavia where people are literally like playing pond hockey on the actual ocean. Like that's what I want. Like no artificial ice, like on the actual ocean set up in NHL. So you, you want them to find an actual, like you want them to play on Lake Tahoe. Like you don't want them to yeah. play. On, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first off, safety concerns will probably say that will never happen. I would say there's a good chance that, you know, just in case the ice was a little bit thinner than they thought it was and somebody happened to, you know, crack, somebody falls through, you know, maybe not the best idea, but I definitely appreciate the, uh, you're thinking outside of the box. And that's something that we're, that we're really looking for out of you. Um, Ryan, did you happen to watch the game last night or no? I did see the game last night between Colorado and Vegas. I thought it was a cool setting, actually, at Lake Tahoe. The, there, it was the lake was like an actual lake, though. Like this lake was not frozen over. Like there, there is no way in hell oh, that course. they could have actually played on the actual Lake Tahoe. But I thought it was a cool setting. I, you know, I, I like the outdoor games when they're on Winter Classic. Obviously, we're unable to have the Winter Classic this year, given the fact that the season didn't start yet. So, you know, that was a little sad, but. Um, I mean, I, I thought it was a cool venue. Obviously, it's pretty funny that they had issues and had to postpone a game nine hours. Like, it was weird watching a game at, like, 11.30 p.m. last night, and it was in the second period. So that was kind of wild to see. But um, I, thought, I thought it was a cool setting. I, I'm, I'm actually pro the outdoor games, unlike Eric, even though the Blackhawks, every time they're in it, they always lose. They've won, like, one outdoor game in their hundred that they've played. But um, I'm a fan of the outdoor games. So it was a cool setting, I thought. We, we would discuss this time and time again. Ryan is really not a fan of seeing the Blackhawks in any any special type of game because it never goes well. And, you know, that's okay. Um, I'm sure they'll be in a game next year that's that's outdoors against a team that is better than them, and it's not going to go well. Uh, and that's something that uh, death taxes and the Blackhawks playing outdoor games during the NHL season. They'll be back. Um, oh, for sure. Um, and I think we can shift from that to the another, uh, maybe a little bit less, um, you, you know, chaotic, but still chaotic um, example of the NHL. And that would be the, the Canadian division in the NHL being the most high scoring fuckery of hockey we've ever seen, I would say, or at least um, current hockey. So we have six of the top 10 point getters in the NHL from the Canadian division, including the top four. Connor McDavid has 37 points in 20 games, which is just truly ridiculous. Leon Dreisaitl has 30 in 20 games. Mitch Marner has 30 in 19 games. Austin Matthews has 29 in 18 games. He also has 17 goals. Um, or 18 goals at this point it is was this what we expected truly out of the Canadian division or is this like a little bit more crazy than anybody could have thought because I personally think this is just absolutely fucking incredible how how shitty these teams are and how bad I mean like you're letting Edmonton score seven on you Edmonton put up seven goals last night Edmonton is is a two-man team three-man team at most here but yet this is literally every Canadian game. It seems like there's 10 goals involved. And I just, I don't know how to feel about it because I'm a hockey purist and I'd like to see games that aren't, you know, you know, 11 to three. This is not my thing. Um, you know, either one of you can give your opinions here. Uh, we'll start with Ryan, I guess. Ryan, what are your thoughts on the Canadian division? How just the fuckery it is. Yeah, we've talked about the Canadian division on this podcast. That's probably been one of the divisions I've watched most closely just because it's fun hockey as someone whose favorite team is not in Canada. I think it's interesting to watch these games that have a million goals and half the teams don't have a competent defense. So it's funny to see some of these goals go in, but we also have some situations like Vancouver where they're actually way worse than I thought they were going to be, you know, definitely underachieving over there. But, um, you know, Toronto, Montreal, they've definitely been fun teams to watch. I think Winnipeg and Calgary still have uh, maybe a little bit more to give. Obviously, you have Edmonton with the star power with McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's fun to watch. So uh, a lot of high-powered offense. So, I mean, it's enjoyable hockey to watch, but – 
Um, I think as I think of the Canadian division, I really don't think any of those teams are really that serious of Stanley Cup contenders, just given the fact that I think all of them have holes that will be hard to overcome once they're having to face teams like Tampa Bay or Boston or Vegas, Colorado, St. Louis, you know, some of the other American teams, I feel like just have kind of a little bit leg up on all the Canadian teams, but it's been fun hockey to watch. But like you said, as a hockey purist, you know, it may not necessarily be, um, you know, the most high quality play with when it comes to the defensive side. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel like the opposite there. I feel like this year it'll be easy, easier for a Canadian team to win a Stanley cup because you only have to play one of those teams and you only have to have one series basically go your way. Like it, it, most of the playoffs are going to be within your own division. Like you, you really only have to have one series go your way outside of division to win the Stanley cup. And I, I, I don't know. I, I was watching in crease on Friday, getting ready for all this, get, getting a pulse on the rest of the NHL outside of the Western division. Uh, I mean, Connor, what Connor McDavid is doing right now is just insane, like totally incredible. And it pains me to say it, but he is the best player in the National Hockey League, like hands down. I love Nathan McKinnon. Oh, I mean, but, that's, not a, that's not a slight against Nathan McKinnon, though. That's not like bringing Nathan McKinnon but like, down. It just, it just think about it. Like this is and, – and like thinking about it more, like I feel like – the NHL has hit like its golden generation, like Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, those three guys specifically kind of leading the way as the next Crosby Ovechkin type players for the next generation. Plus you have so many kind of more depth guy, like your Dubois, your Lyonnais, all those kind of second tier guys. Um, it's incredible what the NHL is right now, but it is a high scoring league. And I mean, the hockey purists sure can say all they want about defense, but like, that's not what the NHL is anymore. It's a league predicated on speed and skill. And if you can survive without a good defense, if you just have faster, better players than the other team, like it, it it's a track meet. And that's the kind of hockey I'm a fan of seeing. That's the kind of hockey the Avalanche have built up over the past year, uh, over the past few years. That's the kind of team they are. And, like, sure, hitting and physicality, it's still part of the game, obviously. But, I mean, you got to be fast. You can't be the L.A. Kings with, like, Drew Doughty and, and Andre Kopitar just, like, going down the ice. You're not going to be a playoff team. And, like – you, you've seen the recipe, but playoff teams all have speed. And if you don't have speed, you're not going to be a playoff team. And that's just the way it goes. Yeah. So I, I don't know how long, um, you, you know, anybody listening has been following hockey, but I, I even say three or four years ago, we would see two different playoffs uh, in terms of conferences that we were dealing with. So the Eastern conference would always be a little bit more skilled because obviously you have the Crosby's at, at the top, you have Ovechkin. You're always going to have, um, you know, the Bruins are always going to be there. Whereas the West, we were always getting some, some I don't know, like physical, I, I don't know, gritty hockey. And now I think, um, and I think Ryan could even attest to this, the Blackhawks did so well because they had guys that were skilled and could do, they had a perfect mixture of skill and those gritty guys. Whereas we've seen so many teams struggle to put together those rosters, especially out West, I feel like. 
but we've seen the NHL develop and grow into a league that it is more skill-based, more speed-based, and more talent-based than ever. And I think that's a good direction for the league to be in in terms of growth. But it's like we still see teams fall behind in this, putting together the stupid idiots on the, on their teams. Like yeah. um, we, RK and I have a friend, Owen, who is a Senators fan, and they're still employing Austin Watson and guys like that who – First off, scumbag. Second off, bad at hockey. He's just a guy. He goes out there, he throws elbows, calls it a day. Man, I um, think, but the Senators are so promising, though. I just, I, I just keep thinking. Are like, they? Two or three like, years from now, they're just going to be sure. so good. Like, but they're they so got, a, they got a little ways to go. There's a few teams that I kind of feel like that. You know, Ottawa, they're building that project. I feel that way about LA and Anaheim down there. I feel, I feel, like I feel the same way about the Rangers. The Rangers are like a year hey. away from being one of those teams. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. But Rangers hockey is very depressing. Blackhawks hockey also very depressing. Yeah. Um, kind of just going on your point there that you brought up to honey about like skill. That is definitely evident when the Blackhawks were good. 2013, 2014, 2015. I'm thinking of those years. They were just so clearly more skilled than the other teams in their division. That was kind of before St. Louis was kind of shifting over to more skill. They had a lot more physical game. Minnesota was a team that the Blackhawks had a lot of success against um, who had skill, but still had kind of a lot of that physical elements too. And it just seemed like the Blackhawks were able to outskill teams in their own division. Uh, on a regular basis during those years. I think that's a really interesting point that you bring up as well, because if we're going just fun hypotheticals here, like if you brought those Blackhawks teams into the 2019, 2020, 2021 season, like I truly believe those teams could compete for Stanley Cups. But like those Kings teams that came in between, there's just no way they could survive in today's NFL. I think like th- th- when you have Dustin Brown as like one of your first liners, like you could not physically survive in the NFL. I love Dustin in, in Brown. Today's, in today's I, I, I agree. I, I'm not here for the Dustin Brown slander. I think he's actually a pretty good player. He's, he's slow. I, I definitely understand the sentiment though. And I think yeah. you can you can definitely look back. See, it's like in the NHL especially, we see a lot of it, – there's there's runs that look like destiny because these guys they build momentum as wildcard teams or, or low um, low divisional teams and then call it a day and then go from there. Um, whereas teams like the Blackhawks, they, the Blackhawks are the closest thing to a dynasty that I've seen in my lifetime. I think in terms of um, just just hockey dominance. Obviously they they didn't win like seven cups, but nobody's going to win seven cups. Even you can look at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had so much success and they didn't win that many cups yeah. either. So and they were um, really the first team to translate this to to bring in the modern era. Like that Pittsburgh team was meant to outspeed I mean, you. You have Sidney Crosby. It's not really hard to think. Oh, this my yeah. team is going to be more talented than your team because Sidney Crosby's out there. Um, no, but I mean, like that's when they start bringing in Connor Sheary and Brian Rust and all these guys, but also and Gensel and all these guys. And I think the last point on that is we've seen a lot of NHL players, especially a lot of NHL players have the Brian Rust-esque that they have that build now. Whereas a couple of years ago, guys like that would not have even been, they would have been very mediocre. Um, the Rangers had guys like that all the time. It's like, you can even look at Brian Boyle as one of those guys who had talent, but he was a very, very uh, much more of a physical entity. Um, but yeah, the NHL is much more talented than ever. I'd say maybe the most talented league we've ever had in terms of high end talent. I think Connor McDavid may go down as the best player of all time or our number two behind Gretzky really depends on how, how that one goes. Um, era, you know, eras are different. Um, but yeah, I think, um, we're, we're in a good spot with the NHL and I think that that's a good place to be in, in terms of a high talent, high skilled, high pace league. Um, 
I think from there, um, we're pretty safe to shift uh, towards the NBA and talk about the, the one team that Eric really wanted to talk about being the Utah Jazz. Um, I, RK and I talked about well, this that's a lie. Ago. I could talk about the Avalanche I, a little bit more if you guys want to. Like, I, 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 know, I, I'm really plugged in on them. So, you know, I, I think we'll stick with the Jazz here because I okay. want you to be able to brag about your 24 and 6. Um, Largest win streak in the league. Yeah. Uh, five players averaging 14 points or more. Most efficient team in the league. Uh, Utah Jazz. What are we thinking on the Jazz? Why are they different this year? And why was their win total set at 40 this year? Why did Why did the books have them at a 40 win 40 win clip? What are we thinking here? Well, because they totally like changed the blueprint of what they were last year. Like, they did not shoot a three ball last year. Like, that is their offense this year. They've become the Golden State Warriors, like what they were during their prime, which is a team that just shoots for three a ton of the time, plays really solid defense, and the three-point shots are falling. Now, that can all change. I am always nervous about a team that relies on the three ball because sometimes the three ball just does not fall. Um but when that happens, they've been able to use Rudy Gobert, who's had one of his best offensive seasons, I think, inside. Um, and also, they just have... We hate Rudy Gobert on this podcast. I just want you to know that. We we, we, we despise Rudy Gobert understand. on this podcast. Because, because he, he started COVID. He, he, is, he, is the, he, he was the, the number one reason why COVID spread into sports last year. I, I am firmly, I'm a firm believer of that. Um, okay. but yeah, go ahead. Go, go on. Go on. Um, I mean, and, you know, they just have more guys that have stepped up. Like, Mike Conley was not this good last year. He was still getting used to the situation. Uh, he has played incredibly well this year. Boyan Bogdanovich, it took him a little while to get going, and then obviously he wasn't in the playoffs because of a wrist injury. But he's great. I mean, you have guys like Joe Ingles off the bench who's playing, like, the best basketball of his career. And then you get a guy last year at the trade deadline be a little bit before the trade deadline because you realized you didn't have a bench and you pick up Jordan Clarkson, who might be the sixth man of the year, personally, in my opinion. Like, because you look back to, for example, that Sixers game earlier this week, like Donovan Mitchell didn't really show up for that game. But, oh, look, Jordan Clarkson's just going to drop 40 on you. Like, it comes from everywhere. It's a, it's like a deep team and it's more than one player. And that's why they're playing so well right now. Do you think a team like that? And I'll extend this to Ryan as well. Do you think a team like that can actually compete in a league that is so, I would say for the last decade or even two decades has been so predicated on big twos, big threes, big fours, having those superstars on your team. It's like we've seen the LeBron Heat. We've seen the Celtics that had all these Hall of Famers on it. We've seen the Lakers build teams. Now they have LeBron and Anthony Davis. The Clippers have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Do you think a team like the Jazz can actually compete long-term in a playoff series against guys, especially like a guy like LeBron, who is commonly noted as saying, oh, I don't go 100% until the playoffs come around, and then it's a different me. Um, we'll start with you, Eric. I know Ryan has things to say on this. Um, do you think the Jazz can really compete against a team like the Lakers or Clippers in a seven-game series right now? Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i interested what non-Jazz fans – like, 
Donovan Mitchell's a superstar, is he not? Absolutely, I agree. No, I definitely, like, I definitely agree with you. And and Rudy Gobert's off the court stuff alone, defensively, what he does, he is a superstar. Like, sure. I think, see, so my analysis here is I, I was loading up a softball question for you there. You obviously are, um, you, you know, I think as a Jazz fan, you, you haven't seen tangible success in the playoffs yet. So I wanted you to give me real reasons as to why they were going to make and win the finals this year. Truly, no, of course. Of course, they have to win in the playoffs. You're right. But, I mean, look at Donovan Mitchell's numbers inside the bubble last year. He is true. averaging 33 points a game in that playoff series. Like true. he was dominating the Nuggets night in and night out, and they are a Mike Conley shot away from going to the second round. It's like, true. It's very. It's a very fair analysis. This is what I wanted out of you. I wanted you to bring up the fact so, that last okay, year, okay, okay, they were okay. one game away from beating the Nuggets, who I thought were truly like potentially dominant. We saw Jamal Murray have some of the best playoff games they were in my really lifetime. Let me ask you something, both of you, this question. Because I have a hard time tracking it because I'm kind of single-minded when it comes to uh, – it's not like the NHL where I try to watch a little bit of everything. Like the NBA, I truly do only really watch for Jazz until like a month before the playoffs. Donovan Mitchell right now, I just don't think it's crazy to say he's a top-10 NBA player. No, I – I think whenever you have a team that wins 80% of the games and you have a guy that is clearly the best player on the team by a significant amount, not discounting anybody else, I think that's definitely fair. Um, my analysis is, or my thought process is, can they compete with a team that has LeBron James and Anthony Davis on it? And I think that's, no. that's a little bit more of a question mark. I think they, but it, it depends on a, a lot of different things. Um, you know, Ryan, I'll kick it over to you here. Obviously we talked about the jazz a little bit. They're not the flashiest team. They're not the most exciting team in the world. They don't have James Harden, Kevin Durant, and all these superstars on them, but, that, but they do no, happen no, no. to be the most efficient team in the league right but, now. So you're not watching the Jazz then because they are exciting to watch. But the, in terms of players on the roster, they're not flashy is what I mean. They, they yeah. are a great team I to think watch. Kind of, and, uh, my thought process uh, on this, Donnie, as you kind of brought it up, when, when we're thinking about a team who's more well-rounded rather than the superstar players like LeBron James and Anthony Davis and kind of the two teams that came to mind in basketball that did win the championship kind of with that philosophy would be the 2011 Mavericks. With Dirk Nowitzki, that team, I thought when they were able to beat the first year of the Miami Heat trio, I thought that was definitely a complete team. And then at the other end of that Heat dynasty, 2014, the Spurs, when the Spurs lost in 2013 in the finals and then came back in 2014 with Kawhi and um, kind of the aging core that they had with Parker, Ginobili, Duncan, whatnot. So I think those are kind of the two teams that if you're a Jazz fan, you could look at and say, hey, it has been done before that a team who's just more well-rounded and, and good together as a unit is able to do it. And given the fact that the Jazz have had a lot of success so far in the regular season, I think it's possible. Now, when we get to the playoffs and you got to take down LeBron James and Anthony Davis and you got to mull through the Western Conference with all their stars, say even Golden State sneaks in the playoffs as like an eight seat and Utah's the one. Man, you think Golden State's not fired up to play the Utah Jazz in the first round if, if Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson comes back, whatnot? So I think Donnie brings up a great point. You can't ignore that NBA championships are definitely star driven. And I agree with Eric's point that Donovan Mitchell is definitely a star. But I think in terms of that second superstar, I think you could maybe look to upgrade a bit. I think the Jazz have done a nice job this year. But um, at least for me personally, I think they would be an underdog in a series against a, a number of teams in the Western Conference. 
I mean, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing though, being an underdog, especially because a team like the Jazz, they could definitely they could definitely live off of that underdog status. Um, and I know Eric is very passionate about his Utah Jazz, and that is something that will never that will never die. Oh, I'm actually like, I understand. Jazz fans get a bad rep, and deservedly so. They are some of the most like single minded, most single minded per- people on the planet. Uh, because I, I think most jazz fans are like me, where they watch for jazz and not much else in the NBA. Um, so it does kind of become a bubble sometimes, but I am down on the jazz when they're bad. I, I am like any jazz fan, but I will trash them when they're bad and like see nothing wrong with them when they're good. I, but I feel like here's, here's the one thing. If AD is not fully healthy, if AD is is not playing, I feel like they can get the Lakers a shot. Like to me, like I think that's fair. That, as, a, as a Laker, I think it's fair. That's that's what needs to happen. Is AD if AD's not a hundred percent, then I think they can get past the Lakers. But I do definitely think that they're going to be like a second round Western Conference Final type team this year, which is fair. And I think in terms of that growth moving forward to it that wouldn't be the worst place to put the jazz in um obviously you would like to see them you know win the win it all or go to the finals at least but um i'd say they're they are a primarily almost all of their players are in their prime or entering their prime right now so it's not like your window is closing anytime soon with the jazz either and if they can continue to build off of this and and add more players as we've said it's like if the jazz had a second star on the team like an actual second superstar who does everything on both ends of the end of the court like we could see the jazz potentially like maybe actually winning at all which would be crazy to me they're never i don't i'll just say they're never gonna get that though because Utah, I mean, Utah's just not a market really that'll depends. ever draw a free agent. Yeah, like Giannis, for example. I don't think Giannis is going to Utah. No. Giannis, yeah. It's guys like that, they'll never get. But I do think the Jazz could build off of what they had. There's always opportunities to trade. And, I mean, it's like, if you're telling me Bradley Beal wouldn't love to be on the Utah Jazz right now, obviously it's not going to happen. Obviously the fit would, would be a little bit different. If you're telling me Bradley Beal would not be fired up to be on the Utah Jazz, considering he has won probably 30 games over the last three years, and he's just sitting there putting up astronomical numbers. I, I think you're a little bit, um, you know, maybe, maybe a little short-sighted with that. I, yeah. I do agree. I have though, uh, one Definitely more question agree. for Eric here while we're on the topic of the Utah Jazz. I know that's a fan favorite of all of our listeners talking about the Jazz. But while we got Eric here, <laughs> I want to ask you, Eric, talk to me about Quinn Snyder a little bit. I feel like okay. he's done a good job as head coach, been there for a few years now. What are, What's kind of your analysis of, of Quinn Snyder as head coach there? I mean, I think he's a terrific coach. I, I just don't think that especially he's been here through like the Gordon Hayward stuff. Like I think over the past five years, there is a, no, maybe six over his entire tenure with the jazz. Like I think there is a legitimate case to be made that he's a top three NBA coach because I mean, the fact they've gotten to the playoffs this many times, I, I think that says something like they, when this team wasn't great in the playoffs before, like to even make the NBA playoffs that many times and in such a small market with such limited resources to basically have to develop all your entire roster. Like he developed Rudy Gobert. He developed Donovan Mitchell. Like Donovan Mitchell did not come into the league as like a prospect that everybody was talking about. Yeah. It was a late lottery. Like he was a late lottery pick. And 
Rudy Gobert was a guy they took a flyer on from the French leagues, and he turned into the NBA's best defender. Like, I, I think there he deserves a lot of credit. To me, he yep. he is a top three NBA coach. Like, I and I, other teams have figureheads like the Lakers with whoever they got there. Like, he. This is exactly what like, I was gonna say. This like, is this is literally point the point I was gonna say. Like Quinn, thirty seconds ago. Like Quinn Snyder is not a figurehead like that. Like he has control of the playbook. He's calling the plays. He is developing the team. He is running sets. He is a talented head coach. Unlike these this Vogel guy or whatever in hey, Los Angeles. Hey. Like I don't. I mean, it's just like he's not. It's, good. it's, it's, a, it's a like difference. he's got LeBron. You don't, you don't need, but you don't need a coach when you have LeBron. LeBron is the coach. LeBron plays. He's a general manager. He's a coach. He also does the marketing for the team. He goes out there. I don't know. He's a social media guru. Like you don't need a, You don't need a coach when you have LeBron. And I think that that's that, that's the analysis there. Um, you know, I think we we've definitely talked about the Jazz enough for one day. <laughs> and I hope to have you back on in the playoffs. If the Jazz get if the Jazz get the number one seed, we'll have you back on for a playoff preview. How's that sound? All right, and I think that's very, that's very fair because I think that they are the clear favorite to win the West with uh, considering the Clippers are, you know, I, I would good, be the a Lakers little bit. I, I would be a little bit surprised if they won the West. I think there's a down stretch coming. I mean, I guess that's fair. Um, but, you know, RK, I think we can shift over to our listener questions. Yeah. And I know we have we have plenty. Most of them are bagging on Eric. So that'll be a good time. Uh, RK, let's get into this. What are you thinking here? Let's do it. Listener questions. We love it. We love listening to you guys. As you know, maybe there's a listener out there. First time listening to Roadie on the Horn podcast. So you now you know you have the opportunity to ask us questions at Roth Podcast on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. Let us know your questions. We will get them answered at our next podcast. We have a bunch this week. Excited to run them down. We'll start here from our good friend Steve at Anders IEE on Twitter. And he wants to hear Eric's thoughts on Drew Locke being the fifth best quarterback in his own division. Eric, what do you got for us? I mean, I don't know what Donnie wanted here. Like, I'm not going to come – I'm not going to come here and say anything outlandish. Like, if you follow me on Twitter, if you've listened to the End Zone podcast, I hate Drew Locke. Um, I kind of always – I kind of always have hated Drew Locke from, like, the moment they drafted him. I've never understood the hype around him. Like even when he showed a little bit of promise, I had to have my arm twisted into believing in him last year. And at like the last second I started believing in him, like a week before week one, I was like, okay, maybe there's upside. And I was like, no, I was wrong. And I was like, and then like four weeks in, I was like, Oh, I'm an idiot. I should just listen to myself. And you know, I mean, he's not wrong. Like, he's not wrong because, I mean, I would put Marcus Mariota over. I'd put him as the sixth best quarterback. I would take Marcus Mariota over Drew Locke. Like, I would arguably – now, this one's harsh, and this might be – This is going to be dumb. I overreactionary, know. but I would take Tyrod Taylor over Drew Locke. All right, so like, we'll, we'll stop you there. No uh, doubt. That's a I, no for me. RK is a big Mariota fan, so I think he may agree with you on that end. I think I the Raiders would be smart to get rid of Derek Carr for a f- late first rounder to second rounder and run with Derek Carr be- and run with Marcus Mariota because the best, the and most explosive the Raiders offense looked in the entirety of last season was that Thursday night football game. As someone who works for the Raiders and produces their radio broadcasts, like Mariota should be the guy. Like, yeah, no, I actually- no doubt in my mind. 
to Donnie's point there, I am definitely a Mariota fan. I thought it was kind of surprising that Tennessee opted to pay Ryan Tannehill over a hundred million and let Mariota walk. I thought that was an interesting I, decision. I didn't think that was surprising. I'm a big Ryan Tannehill guy. Okay, respect. Good first name for Tannehill, but uh, two guys that have had injuries. And then, yeah, kind of to your point, I like Derek Carr when in 2016, he was, it was kind of like we were talking about Wentz was going to win MVP in 2017. Carr was going to win in 2016 before his injury, and he's just never been able to regain that form. I think. And it's funny. If you go back to watch that 2016 season, he's not that good. Like, he, he's basically what he was this year. Like, this has been his best year since 2016, and he's basically the same guy. The NHL has just changed so much that NFL where sorry sorry the NFL has just changed so much whereas five years ago he's a top five quarterback with that kind of year like right now he doesn't even scratch like the top 15 with an impeccable year like that like it just takes so much more to be a successful quarter like you have to have a wow arm and he just doesn't yeah and then kind of just going back to your evaluation on Drew Locke, I was with you on that. I scouted him coming out of Missouri. I thought there were some good things. You know, he's got a nice arm, but um, just not consistent enough when it comes to decision-making. And I don't like his pocket management. I think he um, forces too many turnovers and takes some sacks that, that are just way too costly for you to want to have um, for a team. So um, I think Drew Locke will hang around in the NFL for a while. At the very least, he's a good backup, but um, not a quarterback, at least right now, that I think um, you would be – very confident and as a full-time starter. And that is again, the worst place you want to be in, in the NFL, having a quarterback that, you know, cannot take you to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I'm in that spot right now. And I don't know how RK feels about Jalen hurts, but I think we're all, <laughs> we're all pretty similar in that. He'll be better. He'll be better. I mean, I could definitely believe it. By the way, Donnie, my take is this on Daniel Jones. I don't want to hear it. I, I, he I, and Drew Locke are essentially the same person. I I 100% believe that. I'd probably rather have Drew Locke, honestly. You switch them, I think the the teams would get the exact same results. I mean, it's it's a product of bad teams around them and then them being mediocre quarterbacks in the first place, I think. Um, But I definitely agree with you on the terms of uh, quarterback success. If you swap Locke and Jones, I think the Broncos probably be a little bit more. They benefit a little bit from having Jones. Yeah, Um, yeah. Jones is better. Just slightly. But they um, have the same problems. Like they're both turnover machines. And oh, yeah. oh, I know about the turnovers. Trust me, <laughs> I know all about the turnovers. Really had a great season watching Daniel Jones throw picks in, in the red zone and then I throw mean, more interceptions. It's and it's insane. Down. Drew Locke threw, I think, twenty picks last year. I want to say. Let me pull up his stats really quick. It, it is pretty insane to look at Drew Locke's stat well, line. I mean, Daniel Jones year. fumbles the ball pretty much you, you can you can pencil him in for like a turnover and a half a game um and that's something that really just pained me and I, I even rk got to see carson wentz turn the ball over just an absolute metric fuck ton this year yeah once you start getting into the fumbles then i'm like all right that's enough let's stop yeah. fumbling the football now. and i mean he has the accuracy of mitch Trubisky. like he threw 59 percent per completion percentage like that's I didn't realize it was that bad. That's tough. Fifty nine percent completion percentage, twenty three touchdowns, eighteen ints. Not bad on yardage, but anybody can throw for four thousand yards in the NFL. Anybody. A lot of garbage time. Yeah, a lot of garbage time. You're absolutely right on that one. Yeah, no doubt. All right, good question from Steve there on Drew Locke. Definitely a quarterback that I am glad is not mine. But Eric, you know, tough one for you there. But yeah, we appreciate that question, Steve. We'll keep rolling. Other questions. This next one comes from Travis. He says. Who wins the MLS Cup and who wins the MLS Shield? Soccer questions. We love it. Eric, we'll go to you here. 
This one's tough. Um, Columbus did a lot this offseason to up an already really good roster. I think they could win North American Champions League and be the first MLS team to ever do that. Um, that said, it's hard to go back to back in MLS Cup. And I kind of think that Travis's team, Sporting Kansas City, like they upgraded at center back. I think that they're, they're a team that could do that, could do some damage. Um, it's so early in the MLS offseason, though. It's really hard to answer these questions. Um, the transfer window for where the MLS makes their transfers in, like, Central America is opening up, like, next week. So, um, but for Supporter Shield, I'll say I think NYCFC is going to make some, like, major moves. They're owned by the same people that own Manchester City and stuff, and they're a super aggressive ownership group uh, for any team they own, basically. So I think they're going to go sign a bunch of studs. So I think NYCFC could win Supporter Shield. So we'll see. The MLS is starting until, like, April, right? Yeah, it's a long way away. Yeah, so I mean, there is definitely time on this, and I'm sure we'll we'll see more uh, more things happen as time goes on. Um, you know, RK and I obviously not the biggest MLS fans, um, so we're really glad that we have Eric here to provide us with some help. Love MLS. Yeah. No, My MLS team sucks. I'm excited. So that's okay. All right, good stuff. Good question there from Travis. We appreciate that thought. Move on to Roth podcast, Roth podcast listener captain Scotty G at Sports with Scott on Twitter. Bunch of questions from Scott this week. Excited to get into it here. His first question, he says, who is on your Mount Rushmore of Twitter? So here we go. Donnie, I'll go to you here first. Give me four Twitter accounts that are on your Mount Rushmore. Let's hear it. Oh, that, this, this is going to be a tough one that I am not necessarily prepared to answer. <laughs> um, I did not know this question was here, so I'm just going to start naming them off. Um, first off, I think I'll go with Rex Chapman. I don't know if you guys know or follow Rex Chapman. Um, he basically just aggregates everything that is funny on the internet um, to his account. And you get some real laughs out of that. I, I've seen many just, just ridiculously dumb things out of him. Um, so he, he is definitely a funny. Um, if I'm going to move on from there, accounts that you have to follow. Um, I definitely like, I think this is funny. I definitely like following Seth Rogen. I think Seth Rogen is just just the fattest meme at this point in in Twitter on Twitter. Um, he just likes to argue with people, and that's something I can definitely respect as somebody who um, on Twitter literally the only thing I ever did was argue with people. Um, so it's definitely somebody that I, I aspire to to be like one day. Um, if I had to name two other accounts, and I, you know I'm, I'll keep them sports related, um, I, I'll definitely go. And I think it's tough to to like really put um, names on this, especially because there's so many people that do it. But I think you have to give credit to like Wodge or Shams or one of those guys who are literally on top of everything. Like Shams is breaking news about Donald Trump a couple months ago, which is just shocking to me. How does he have any – he works for Yahoo. How does he have clearance within the White House to, to say that he has COVID, our president has COVID? I'm pretty sure Shams broke the fact that Donald Trump had COVID. So you have to give him credit. And then on the other hand, I think you have to give credit to a guy like Adam Schefter uh, who – he works a ridiculous amount of hours and he works so hard. The funniest part is whenever you see one of these, these analysts, whatever sport they're on, they're on TV, they're on ESPN or whatever. And then they have to cut through, cut from their um, segment or whatever, because they have a phone call and that just, it just makes me laugh. So I'll definitely give them credit because you know, you have to give credit to the people that keep sports alive on Twitter. And I think those guys do a great job of consistently having news all the time. Uh, obviously honorable mentions to the NHL uh, NHL's Adam Schefter and like Bob McKenzie during Drager guys like that. 
But yeah, I think that that's my list right there. Um, which one of you would rather go? Uh, I'm thinking Eric probably doesn't have answers in his head right now. I, I do, um, but they're uh, all you, all you, Eric. They're niche. See, I'm different. I'm not trying to please the general public. This is my Mount Rushmore. These are people <laughs> I know. One at that boy wolf. I don't know if either of you are familiar with at that boy wolf, but he's the king of saints Twitter more or less. And Saints Twitter in general is just full of gems of people. Saints Twitter is by far the best NFL Twitter, hands down. It's funny. It, it's also great because it's kind of a crossover with Black Twitter. And so it's extra funny and just like really good Twitter content. Uh, two, uh, I'll go Cyborgs, uh, who is a proud member of Lesbian Hockey Twitter, another great Twitter atmosphere to be a part of i love lesbian hockey twitter like i think they get me on a level that very few people do um i would also say let's see here i mean my guy travis of course t calvin 93 my boy of course my boy's gotta be on there uh so that'll be three and then four i really like um it would be a tie between uh, Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler, two guys from the Around the NFL podcast who are – but I got to go with Mark Sessler because Mark Sessler just occasionally tweets out random fever dreams of like totally like I'm going to disappear into the ocean or something like that just in the middle of the night. And something about that really speaks to me and the type of person I want to be when I grow up. So uh, I'll, I'll say Mark says, and those will be. Okay. Good choices right there. My number one <laughs> for Mount Rushmore, I'm going Scorigami. Scorigami is literally the most classic Twitter account, like known to man. Like, I, I don't know how Scorigami was not no. on any of your Mount Rushmore. That's a I forgot story. about Score. I forgot about Scorigami and EDP. That's all I'll say. Yeah, EDP. EDP, definitely classic YouTube channel. I like Donnie's comms when it comes to beat reporters. They put in the grind. So Ian Rappaport and Jeff Passan, those two are beasts in, in football and baseball, respectively. So they're getting on there as well. And then I'm going to give an Eagles shout out to Thomas R. Peterson at Thomas RP 93 on Twitter. He's always posting a lot of Eagles recap videos and always breaks down uh, some good players when it comes to Eagles communities. So um, there you go. Wanted to give an Eagles shout in there as well. Also like Ben Solak, uh, another Eagles guy and draft guy. So uh, give me a few names there oh, for Eagles community. But, so um, you're on, e you're on Eagles Twitter. Let me connect you with the Eagles Twitter. I know do you, do you follow Ryan McGinley. I do not. Do you follow? Uh, I think it's uh, – that's not uh, – it's bootleg fantasy on uh, mm -hmm. Twitter. Uh, okay. I'll have to check them out. Good shouts so. from Eric. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff there. Definitely a lot of good Twitter accounts out there. I'm sure we're, we're snubbing some, but I had to get Scorigami. That was an easy first shout. MLB Daily 365, Hockey Daily 365. Those are also honorable mentions. Shout out to Donnie right now. I am not allowed to post MLB content anymore due to the MLB not allowing for their fans to have fun. Um, just, just let, letting you know on that one. So that's, that account is dead. Um, okay. sad, sadly, you know, we got, we got like 17 DMCA clips, the first, uh, DMCA, uh, warnings the first time I ever posted clips on that account. So, um, really just great stuff. There you go. Good insight into Donnie's life with copyright strikes. A lot of fun conversation. Also, I gave a shout out to Jeff Passan. Also shout out to John Heyman, always trolling oh, people. Legend. 
those are two beat reporters that like trolling people on Twitter. That's a big win after troll on Twitter. So just wanted to give them a shout too. But a lot of good Twitter accounts out there. Let us know some of your favorites as well. Scott, obviously, question asker here. Um, we'd love to hear some of your top Twitter shouts as well. Follow us on Twitter at Roth Podcast. Uh, let us know your thoughts there. So good thought from Scott. We'll keep going. A bunch of Scott questions. This podcast, of course, he says, should the Chicago Bulls trade for Lonzo Ball? So I'll start here, given that I also root for the Bulls. I think this would be an interesting move. I'm not sure if Lonzo Ball would be the move. I think I heard some things about this, given the fact that Lonzo's trade value may be a little bit lower Excuse me. now than it's been in the past. But at the same time, the Bulls still have Kobe White. So I feel like he's kind of the point guard of the future that they would like to have. So um, I'm not too crazy that they should trade for Lonzo Ball. I think Lonzo is definitely a good player, but uh, I'm not sure if he's necessarily like a game changer that the Bulls, you know, can't pass up the opportunity to trade for. So uh, I'm probably good on it, but at the right offer, I would be all right with it. But um, that's kind of my thoughts there. Any thoughts on Lonzo from you, Donnie? I'll start with you since uh, um, like. Sure. You, you never want to get LeVar Ball into your fan base. You never want to get LeVar <laughs> Ball anywhere around your team. You never want to allow LeVar Ball anywhere to have, to have any ammo um, pertaining to your city. And you don't want to allow any of the Ball brothers to be in a major city or major market. I just I just don't think it's a good idea. Um, so just from that alone, nothing else considered. Lonzo Ball, obviously a good player. Um, but everything else considered, just, just not a great idea for the Bulls. Like We need to leave the Ball brothers um, on – small market basketball teams and just let them, you know, have their own careers rather than LeVar trying to play Michael Jordan in a one-on-one game. So Sacramento that's... Kings, you're saying get Lonzo. Ball. Oh, you Lonzo. could, you could get, you could get both of them on the Sacramento Kings. I would be, that'd be just a dream for me. Um, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies would be a good option. Um, you know, you could, you could definitely, any, any of the low market, small market teams where LeVar ball can't really just run his mouth. Just fantastic. Great option. Good stuff. Any thoughts from you, Eric? Uh, I watched 40 Bulls games last year just for the hell of it. Why? Um, I don't know. I just got league pass for the first time and, you know, I shared that it with, awful. I shared it with a buddy Not a good team. and I just <laughs> ended up watching the Bulls like every single night for a good, like four months, pretty much until the pandemic hit. And, um, sounds terrible. I have not watched a single Bulls game this year, but shout out to Zach Levine for making the All-Star game. That's true. Zach Levine, definitely a big win in the Bulls. He's definitely been a fun player to watch in a time when the Bulls are not very fun to watch. So shout out to Zach Levine. But yeah, so my thoughts, no, on on trading for Lonzo Ball, but uh, maybe at a very, very inexpensive price, I could be talked into it. So there's my thoughts there. Appreciate that question from Scott. His next one, he says, who will have more wins next year, Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? So this is a very interesting thought. I'm going to go with Carson Wentz, actually. I think that the Colts are just kind of in a little bit better situation than the Eagles are in right now. And I think, like I said, I'm definitely optimistic and rooting for Carson Wentz's success. Eric mentioned earlier about how he's teaming back up with Frank Reich down there in Indy. So I could see that being a winning formula. And um, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. Not a very good division, nor is the NFC East. Um, if we're being honest, both pretty trash divisions between the AFC South and NFC East. So definitely pretty open, but uh, gut feel on that. I'm going to go with Carson Wentz more wins than Jalen Hurts next year. Um, Eric, do you have an opinion here? Yeah, Colts are just a better roster. I think the Colts are probably like another real wide receiver weapon away from being like a Super Bowl contender. So um, with it, putting quarterback aside, I'm not saying Carson Wentz makes them a Super Bowl contender, but they're like a Super Bowl roster without the quarterback. So, 
I think that's fair. Um, I think this question has has multiple alleyways because, you know, Carson Wentz's health is always a question right. mark, and you really never know if he's going to be able to play a full season, which is why um, usually I would say a team that trades a second-round pick and a third-round pick for a player, a second-round pick that can turn into a first, they're going to play the guy regardless. Um, he's going to play. But, you know, qu- there's always the question mark with his health. Uh, I will still go with Carson Wentz because I think he's just – he's in a better situation, as you both have said. But – would I be shocked if Jalen Hurts ended up winning six or seven games next year and the Eagles ended up having more wins because Carson Wentz missed eight games with a with a toe injury or something? You know, what probably happened? honestly no. Um, but yeah, at, at this point, I'll definitely take Carson Wentz. Um, but Carson Wentz could be awful next year. Who really knows? It's, it's really just I think the Colts are gonna be a fun team to watch, and yeah, that's definitely a good storyline. Yeah, in agreement with you on that, and definitely in agreement with Eric about adding one more receiver. I definitely like Michael Pittman, and obviously Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines provides you a little bit of a solid backfield. Marlon Mack, a free agent. But I think there's definitely some things to like with the Colts. Really like their GM, Chris Ballard. I think he does a really nice job at surrounding that roster with a lot of talent, going to Eric's point about the overall teams. And good point there from Donnie about uh, Carson Wentz's health as well. Definitely a big factor in this question. But gut feel for me, I'm going with Carson Wentz, even though I have love for both quarterbacks in this question. So appreciate that question from Scott. Scott's got two more. Next thought, baseball-related. Scott's hitting all the sports. We love it. He says, can the Tampa Bay Rays make it back to the World Series next year? Interesting thought. They just lost to the Dodgers in the World Series, of course. So, Donnie, I'll start with your thoughts here. No. They trade, I, they've done too much to, like, gut their team. You know, letting Blake Snell go for no win-now pieces. It's just – there's a lot of question marks. Baseball, especially – it's very hard to repeat or, or get back to the World Series, especially in the AL where there are consistently teams that will be better than you. Like the Yankees are going to have a payroll that is five or six times the, the size of their payroll. And they've also tried to add players. Um, you know, so I, I would definitely say that's a no-go for me. Um, you know, I, I'm curious to hear what both of you have to say. Um, Ryan, go ahead. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you, Donnie. I would say no, but at the same time, I was in denial that they would make the World Series last year. I picked the Yankees over them um, in the playoffs, so I was definitely not someone who was a believer in the Tampa Bay Rays. But I just, you know, kind of what we were talking about earlier in our NBA discussion, I just don't see the star power there with Tampa Bay. You know, they had a good team last year, and they were able to kind of overcome um, some of that and, and take advantage of um, the opportunity that presented itself getting all the way to the World Series. But um, when I look at the Rays objectively, they're not just a team that I expect to make it back to the World Series. Still a good ball club, no question. But um, there's just a lot of challenges when you're putting together uh, a small market team that the Rays are going to have to overcome. So my gut feel is also no on this one. But uh, any as- additional thoughts on you from this, Eric? Yes. Okay. <laughs> respect. Honestly, there's, there's a lot of guys who would not pass. So I definitely respect. Yeah, uh, definitely not huge believers in the Tampa Bay Rays for us, but hey, we'll see. You know, baseball season, we just talked about it. Spring training a week from right now when we're recording this next Sunday is when we will get uh, spring training start going. So definitely looking forward to that in Florida. So, um, yeah, good stuff there. All right, we'll keep rolling. Scott's got one more question for us. He says, thoughts on the outdoor game at Lake Tahoe? We talked about this a little bit at the start of our podcast. Nine-hour gap, but yeah, Eric, this obviously featured your team. So um, any final thoughts from you on the game at Lake Tahoe? Um, I mean, they look good. Uh, they took care of business against Vegas. I mean, the West is a three-team race. It's St. Louis, it's Vegas, it's Colorado. I think when Colorado is on, uh, they are the best team in the National Hockey League. That said, I'm not worried about regular season results. I'm really not. They could finish him as long as they're a playoff team. Like, they're going to be fine. Like, I, I think that it, there's a real possibility they finish second or third and drop some regular season games that people are like, what? But 
Like, I have a theory with the NHL that the way Stanley Cup teams go, and you can point to this with the Lightning, with the Capitals, with the last two really big Stanley Cup teams, is it's rebuild year, year one, they sneak into the playoffs, they are a surprise playoff team, they shock someone, they lose in the second round. Year two, they dominate the regular season. They get to the playoffs. They lose early in the playoffs. That was last year. Year three, they usually struggle in the regular season, but when they get to the playoffs, they're the Capitals who have lost to the Penguins two years in a row. They're the Tampa Bay Lightning who got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're last year the Colorado Avalanche losing to the Dallas Stars who eventually made the Stanley Cup. I truly believe this year they're a Stanley Cup team I think it's a lock. I don't know that they'll win it, but I think it's a lock that they're in the finals. A lock is a little bit uh, a little bit more far than where I'm willing to put them, but I do definitely agree that I don't think I, I would be history, personally shocked if they don't make it to the final well, if they I, don't make it to it's out just, of their division. I just I definitely I think they're the best team in the league. I think they're the, the strongest team, especially out west. I think they're the best team in the West by a considerable amount. But I do think the NHL is so inconsistent in terms of what you're expecting. It's like if you had told me that the Lightning were going to win last year, I would have probably laughed at you. I think they were the best team in the league last year by by a considerable amount, but I didn't think they were going to end up winning at all because as things go, playoff history does not matter, and you can lose to anybody in a playoff series, especially right. um, a quick series. So I, I there's nothing that's a lock in the NHL, but I do think if you were going to pick a lock, I, I don't know. I, I'd say something like the Bruins and the Avalanche and the Stanley Cup wouldn't be super shocking to me. I think that, that's probably the – the, the head and shoulders favorite in terms of the, the cup contender. Um, I don't know if you were betting odds or whatever. Um, and I don't know if Ryan would agree necessarily on, on these teams, but I definitely do think that's uh, that's the case. Yeah. In terms of a lock, I think there's definitely a lot to, to be determined, obviously of, of who gets to the cup final hockey is very random. You know, anything can happen over a seven game series. And Donnie, you literally picked the lightning to win the Stanley cup last year. So what are you saying right now? Well, because they were, they were the clear favorite and I wasn't going to go away from the clear favorite, but I didn't yeah, think that, they is, were it, that win. is your classic. You always pick the team that seems obvious to Ben, especially with Tampa not being able to win how many years in a row Eric was talking about, you know, oh, they, they have a nice run in the regular season then bang they're out in four games against the Columbus Blue Jackets team that shouldn't even be in the playoffs so you know you know I, I definitely think the by the, the way unexpected sne- always sneaky un- sneaky unexpected team to watch this is just a take I've been marinating on forever I think the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to make it. a deep I hate playoff it. run. I just, I hate it. I just do. Our so, guy Josh, right there, smiling. Josh would be so happy hearing that. Uh, I, I just I hate do. it. I cannot see. The thing is, just when they get to the playoffs, Tortorella is just a good playoff coach. They're just they're, they're and, and I, and I think, and I think I they're mean, a talent, true. and and I think they're a talented team. So I, I think that they just got to make the playoffs, and I, I honestly would expect I don't disagree but I don't like it I don't want it to happen and I'm really if that does happen I will be very upset because all the questions I, I like the, the next blue jacket dude. yeah we, we have a certain listener Josh who who literally just spews about the blue jackets gotcha. just spews gotcha. and you know um that definitely not what I want to hear uh similar to Oklahoma questions shout out to Scotty G on that one <laughs> no doubt Good conversation there about hockey. Shout out to Scott asking us a bunch of different sports questions. So um, big time appreciated at sports with Scott on Twitter, uh, all of his questions this week. So big appreciate there. All right. We'll keep rolling on a bunch of other question askers. This podcast, this next one comes from Chewy at not underscore a underscore analyst. And he says, 
are you ready to give the Browns the love they deserve? So I'm going to start with this. And no, I'm not ready to give the love they deserve. They had a nice season. Listen, I was not a huge fan of Kevin Stefanski. I didn't think it was going to turn into anything that crazy. They had a nice year for sure. Definitely big time respect. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give them respect, but I'm not willing to give them love. Like the Browns are not a Super Bowl contender still. I'm not, I'm not loving the Browns. I'm not, oh, look at the Browns. Look out. They're, they're coming for everybody in the NFL. Like Kansas City, you better watch yourself because the Cleveland Browns are coming. So um, that's kind of my thought on that. But I will definitely acknowledge they had a much better year last year than I anticipated they would. So, um, yeah, Eric, I'll go over to you. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I'm going to take a minute to bury Matthew Pierce, uh, who answered, who asked that question. I mean, that guy's such a clown. I mean, I literally had him, like, we talk about the Browns all the time. And last spring, when they signed Jack Conklin, he was like, oh my God, this is the worst signing we could have ever possibly made. They're going to go 3 and 13 again. They're going to suck this year. And I was like, no, dude, Jack Conklin's good. And then suddenly he comes out of nowhere in November and he's like, man, you were disrespecting the Cleveland Browns all year. That's farther from a fact. I've been the Cleveland Browns' biggest cheerleader over the past three years. If you've followed anything I've ever said, ever, this guy's just a clown, Jack Clonk. He now praises Jack Conklin as his god, as I told him he would the day they signed him. But he's just a clown, and I, I can't give time to him. I'm a big fan of Baker Mayfield. I think the Browns will be fine next year. Are they a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, probably not. But they're going to be a good team, and I, I would expect them to challenge for the playoffs again next year. I will confirm, um, talking to Eric multiple times, he is pro-Browns, and he has been pro-Browns. Yeah, um, I don't I don't get where this guy I, – I hate this guy. I think I, I think with you, Eric, you are you are a pro. Like, you want Cinderella stories. You want people to, like – Yeah, you, I like underdogs. I'm going yeah, to underdogs. I, I'm gonna be big into the Jacksonville Jaguars come July. I, I, I mean, don't yeah, agree. They're Trevor Lawrence, of course. I, I don't. I don't think it's a great idea to be pro Jacksonville Jaguars just yet. But if you want to do it, I mean, I, hey, there, there's worse teams that you could follow. There's teams that, that with, with less offering um, to you that you could follow. So I guess we'll go with that. Yeah, no doubt. All right, good conversation there about the Cleveland Browns here in February. So that was a fun talk. I'm excited for <laughs> obviously draft talk and good stuff there. So appreciate that question. All right, we'll keep rolling. Another football thought here. This one comes from Big Daytona Drix at Big Daddy Drix on Twitter. He says, do you agree Cortland Sutton is the undisputed number one wide receiver in Denver? Obviously, this one, we will love to hear Eric's thoughts, but I want to start. I just got to give respect to Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy was my top receiver last year coming out of college, even higher than CeeDee Lamb and Henry Ruggs. So I think Jerry Judy is definitely on the task or on the uh, projection, I guess I could say, to where he could be uh, disputed as the number one receiver in Denver. Definitely a lot of respect for Cortland Sutton. Definitely think he's a very good receiver uh, and like what I see from him. But uh, undisputed, I'm in disagreement with that. But Eric, what are your thoughts between Cortland Sutton and being the number one receiver in Denver? Yeah, uh, I mean, Jerry Judy just got banged by having a really bad quarterback. If you watch the All-22 on Jerry Judy at any point last year, you can see he's one of the best route runners in the NFL, period, already. He makes guys look silly every single time. Um, That said, something about Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton had an All-Pro year with three different quarterbacks. Like, the guy is a top three NFL wide receiver. Like he is the undisputed number one. I think he's going to come back and I think the offense is going to look a lot better because they were really hurt by not having him because he's just that good. 
Yeah, you get me eyes, Donnie, but he's a top three. I, I, dra- I drafted him in fantasy, and and that was obviously a very very disappointing uh, ending, uh, very very quick ending to the season. Um, he's definitely not a top three wide receiver. Definitely uh, is. But I, I would put him in the tier two. We are a tier podcast here, so I'm not going to give you a. Top he's in three. tier one. I I don't think he is on, on in the tier one level, and I don't think RK. Well, who else with, is in tier one? I mean, is he on the same level as Julio Jones is? Or yes, at this point in his career, Julio Jones know. regressed last year. I, DeAndre Hopkins would be. What about Hop? Yeah, Michael Thomas, guys like that. I mean, it's like I I definitely yeah, understand. Where he's you, in the same I, level as DeAndre Hopkins. If you gave him, if you gave him an Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, maybe I, I, that's definitely there. There are issues there that there are other things that could definitely. He made. He I, I put def- up the year before. He put up like over a thousand yards with Brandon Allen, Joe Flacco, and Drew Locke as his quarterbacks. Like, come on, what more do you want? He had like a thousand four hundred yards. I think like, I think more of a fair comparison with Cortland Sutton would be Allen Robinson. Okay, like got I'm with receivers that. That but I would put Allen Robinson as a tier one wide receiver. Just because he doesn't have a good quarterback doesn't mean he's not a tier one wide receiver. I think there's a divide between guys like Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, and then some of the other guys that we were talking about there. And again, Allen Robinson has the same issue with quarterbacks is we don't really actually know how good Allen Robinson could be. If you gave Allen Robinson a top five quarterback, he could potentially be. Yeah. It's the same with Cortland Sutton, I guess. I mean, it's like definitely a young talent. Um, maybe I think the top three is what threw me off a little bit. But if you gave me like a, if you gave me a tier and you put him in tier two, high tier two, uh, even a low tier one or one B receiver, I wouldn't be super shocked by that, I guess. And I definitely fan. drafted him as such an, in fantasy. So, I mean, I definitely, I guess I agree with you on, on the fact that he has the potential to be a, a, an absolute superstar if, you know, he wasn't having that Drew Lock thrown to him. But I'll um, just say this. I'm a huge fan of Denver's skill positions. If the Broncos were ever to land Deshaun Watson, they would challenge for the division. That's simple. Hey, I, I like I Corlin think, Sutton too. I'm not here to slander Corlin Sutton, but um, I think there's, you know, a little bit of a divide between some of the elite, elite receivers and where Sutton's at. And I think it is disputed that he's the number one receiver. I think Jerry Judy is um, pretty similar, but they got a good duo. I think they got some good things going on, but yeah, as you said, the quarterback play has got to improve. So, um, all right, cool discussion there. Appreciate that question. Big Daytona Dricks. We appreciate that. All right, we'll keep rolling. Back to basketball now. This one comes from Clint at Clint O'Knight 33 oh on Twitter. He says, who it was the biggest all-star snub in the NBA and why is it Mike Conley? So Eric, I'll go to you here first. Um, I will say Mike Conley should not have been an all-star. He's missed too many games. Uh, I think if there was a more snubbed player on the Jazz that should have been an all-star, I truly believe it is Jordan Clarkson. I mean, he has put up some pretty incredible numbers this year as a six-man guy. I know those guys never make the all-star game anyways, but if Lou Will can make the all-star game, which he has at times, I think Jordan Clarkson could have made this all-star game, but he didn't. So uh, I don't watch enough of the rest of the NBA really to make a judgment. Um, what, uh, let me pull up the all-star rosters and come back to me before you leave. Yeah, the, the best one for me that I found is Devin Booker. I don't know how Devin Booker was. Oh, he's like, not an all-star? No. Okay, yeah, yeah that's had, my answer okay. too. That's crazy. So we've had we've had major issues with the NBA All-Star game in the last couple of years. Like last year, Bradley Beal didn't make it, for example. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember Hey, he didn't that. make it this year Bradley, either. 
which what? is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not shocking because this team is so That's bad. That's crazy. Bradley Beal is, I guess I've talked about Bradley Beal three times today already, but Bradley Beal is such a fantastic player that gets zero respect or zero credit around the league. I would say Bradley he's no like one. the second best shooting guard in the NBA. He's very, very close to the, to the best shooting guard in the yeah. league. And I think if you put him on a team that actually had talent on it, he might be a top 10 player in the league without much question. Um, but yeah, the NBA all-star, how they put together teams, it's basically whoever is going to get them, you know, it seems like more of a popularity contest. Yeah. Which is yeah, no doubt. unfortunate, but I don't think the NBA players really care that much. I about mean, the, all-star game, the fact honest. Luka Doncic is a starter over Damian Lillard with what Damian Lillard is doing right now is well, a little Doncic bit insane. It was ridiculous. Even Luka yeah. Doncic is like, I don't think I should be starting over him. Um, but again, does it really matter in the long run? Does the All-Star game really matter? I don't think most of these guys care about the All-Star game. I think especially it's, this year. Yeah, of course. I, I wouldn't want to deal with that, bro. Like, especially because they don't have that much time with their families in the first place. It's like obviously they have a lot of quarantine. They're not flying same day out of cities. They're staying in hotels extra nights um, and all that. So their schedule is a little different. I would at this point, it's like the Pro Bowl to me. It's like you see so many guys drop out of the Pro Bowl every year that you got. Kirk Cousins is, is a perennial pro bowler, even though Kirk Cousins is a perennial bad quarterback. So, I mean, it's yeah. like the, the pro bowl quarterback year to year, like who actually is in is like, oh my, my guy, Eli Manning got in. I don't even, I don't even know how he, Eli Manning was, a, he was an all-star like a year ago. Like what? Good man, Mitch. Bowler. Good man. He's, he's trying his best. Did he earn it? No, but you know, Hey, MVP. I'm, sure there's, I'm sure there's bonuses related to all that. So that's why these guys go yeah. to the all-star game. But like, other than that, what's the point, man? Especially in the NBA, like these games are 160, 148. It's like nobody plays defense. They're just out there. It's a dunk contest in game form. See, I disagree. I like watching the All Star game. I, I think hate, it's, I hate the NBA All Star game. It's I liked the NBA All Star game last year. I liked how they did the scoring where they had to, the game ended on like a major. See, shot. I I, I kind of like that. Like, I think the NBA has the best All Star game because I like watching offense in the NBA and like. I just I guess, sometimes I, I just want to see guys put yeah. There's a lot of other guys on ridiculous posters. I, I like, guess that's a, that's a fair way to go. That's about the that's like, the best All Star game is the NBA All Star game. Everything yeah, else is the worst. I think we can all yeah, agree that the All Star games, All Star game especially, they don't mean anything. So it's like there's no real point. The NHLs are awful. The NHL skills yeah, competition, true. it's like I like the three on three a little bit better than when they were doing five on five. Like I thought I was five, gonna like, like it, but <laughs> I thought I was gonna like it, but ultimately it underwhelmed. And it, it which, just which is the, I don't think that's surprising. I think a lot of people felt the same way. So yeah, MLB All Star Game is all right. I feel like it's just kind of like a classic. The, the, well, ever the, since they got rid of the fact it, it used to count, they used to give you home yeah. field advantage. I'm glad it doesn't count though. I I'm really glad it doesn't count because that's yeah, just that so. Stupid. But like, it, at least it gave me a reason to watch when that happened. It was like, oh, oh, maybe the yeah, NL's something. Win. Yeah, no doubt. But, but right, I mean, cool it's like- conversation there on all stars and all star snubs. So appreciate that question, Clint. We'll keep moving on though. This next one comes from Jenny Jensen at eight six seven five Jensen on Twitter, and the question is, who is the NFL coach with the most Super Bowl wins? So Eric, an interesting question that actually has a fact. Eric, I'm gonna go to you. Do you know the answer? That's gotta be Belichick. It's, it's, Belichick, it's yeah. seven rings. That's the name of his boat. <laughs> is it actually? I didn't even know that. That's funny. yeah. He has that's a boat very... that's named Seven Rings, and he changes it every time he wins a ring. Makes uh, sense. Uh, I mean, you have to at that point. I think. <laughs> All right, respect. I don't think there's a ton more analysis there. Bill Belichick definitely. That's my coach. mom, by the way. Shout out to my mom. Yeah, I, I knew that. I decided. You know, I'm going to throw this question over to Eric. You know, thank you for the question. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, good stuff. 
right. <laughs> keep rolling on here a couple more question askers this next one comes from brian brown at brown bear slc and the question is what's eric's prediction for the draft order assuming the queue is what you think is going to happen and what team may be a surprise winner in the nfl next season so eric oh, we'll go to you that's crazy um so like the draft order for next year um so who are the worst teams going to be? Well, the Texans. I mean, they'll right. have their first round pick up there. I, I just, like, even if they keep Deshaun Watson, it's like one of the worst constructed rosters in the NFL. If they traded um, Watson, would they win zero games? I am on that train so heavily. You don't even understand. They could. Not this, this is not an opinion that I've made. I've told anybody, but I am so – I think Deshaun Watson carried them from zero wins to to the four. I think they got four last year. It's not impossible. Uh, let's see here. I don't think anyone in the AFC South will be in the top. Let's just do the top four. I don't think anyone in the AFC South will be in the top four. Uh, I don't think anyone in the AFC North will be in the top four. Uh, I don't see anyone in the AFC West in the top four. Uh, AFC, like, um, no, because even the Jets, I think, will be better. Um, so I'll give you one team, Eric, that I think will struggle next season. And that's the Chicago Bears. I think the Bears are going to yeah, be bad next year. Yeah, I they think could, they're going to lose Allen Robinson and struggle. They're going another year with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace because they made the playoffs as the seventh seed and lost in the first round. Congrats, Chicago. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have high expectations for the Bears next year. See, Truly ridiculous. I, I kind of think the top four in no particular order would be um, Houston, Detroit, I think Detroit's going to be really bad in year one. New coach, yeah. Um, I think that – and I'll go Chicago. Yeah, you gla- you glanced then, over the Jaguars, and I still think the Jaguars will be bad regardless of – they could add- I just don't think they'll be a top four pick. I just don't you, – you have to be really bad to be a top Well, it four depends, pick. though, because I, I still think Tennessee and Indianapolis are going to run the division. It's going to make it a tough time for them. I kind of think that – Just toss the Jets in there and call it a day, man. Like, let's yeah, be yeah. real t- here. T- let's, yeah, potentially the Jets. Let's, yeah. Okay. Let's not beat her on the bush. The, the Jets, you know, yeah. they're they're gonna struggle. Let's what was it. the other question? Yeah, the other half was a surprise winner in the NFL next year. So I think we can probably just pick a team that missed the playoffs this year that we think could uh, be good next year. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, but I don't think they're gonna be as bad as Donnie just said. I do think the Jets are gonna be pretty good this year. I think they're gonna be. I, they're just not that far away from one good draft from being like a seven and nineteen. Like okay, I, that's fair. Okay, like, I thought you were going to give them nine wins, and I was going to be like, ah, let's like, let's, let's walk like, it back. A like little. I just think like if they have a good draft, the ceiling goes from like four and twelve to like nine and seven. Yeah, I like so, Robert Sala. I could see a little bit better. Next so year. I, I think, think that that's yeah, I think they'll be a team. But as far as a team to make the playoffs. Man, if they get Penny Sewell, I really like the Cincinnati Bengals. I just think the Bengals could do a ton. Of, they've got a really solid defense, and they've got some young offensive weapons, and Joe Burrow's good. And if they get a tackle, if they fix that line with a tackle, like I think they're a playoff team. But that division, man. It's tough. I, but I, think I, I don't think pick. the Steelers are – I don't think the Steelers are a playoff team. 
I just don't think even with Ben, they're not a playoff team. They just Ben's too yeah. bad. Like I, I even with that defense, Dwayne Haskins isn't taking you to playoffs. Mason Rudolph isn't taking you to playoffs. Drop the head, Dwayne Haskins. So that's a real thing. Thank you for the refresher. I really Donnie, you have a pick of a surprise winner in the NFL. Um, you know, I think my pick may be, maybe your pick. I don't know if you made your pick, but the Arizona Cardinals are definitely a team that I could see go from, um, nope. you know, I think they were eight and eight this year. I could definitely see them winning 10 games and wild nope. card team. I definitely don't think they're winning the division, but I, I could see them. Um, definitely growth is important. And I think that's something we'll see out of them. Yeah. Team. I definitely like the Cardinals pick for sure. Uh, you guys know that I'm a big Kyler Murray guy. My pick here, I'm going with the Miami dolphins. I think that there is a little bit unnecessary slander against Tua Tagovailoa right now. I he agree. was not that bad last year. I he looked like a rookie. Like, I'm watching different football than national media. That's like, oh, the Dolphins are they going to move on from Tua? Like, yeah, bro, you see him. He's good. You don't see a single tweet about Deshaun Watson. It, it like pisses me off seeing all the rumors about them going for six different quarterbacks yeah. when it's like. The guy's a rookie. If if I overreacted that much on a rookie quarterback anywhere else, they had no receivers. He's throwing to Devontae the- Parker and Preston Williams. Exactly. How about you draft Devontae Smith third overall? You're gonna make the playoffs. So I like Brian Flores as well. I like what they're doing down there in Miami. So that's my pick. I, I definitely agree. That's, There's that's no way pick. the Cardinals are good next year because Cliff Kingsbury is a terrible coach, but just calls tunnel screens to nowhere for no reason. So I, as long as Cliff Kingsbury is the coach of the Arizona, I think Cardinals, that's a fair shout. I'm not. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. I've seen that opinion multiple places, and it's like I'm not too knowledgeable on Cliff Kingsbury, but I'm I can down on them. He's not a good offensive mind. He. He's not a good NFL coach. Yeah. His teams at Texas Tech were not that great. <laughs> Let's just not forget that. So, uh, yeah, cool conversation there. I appreciate that question from Brian. We'll keep rolling here. Another football thought here. Next question asker. This one comes from Trey Watkins at Trey <laughs> oh Watkins 099. This is my, uh, this is my co-host on the end zone podcast. Quick shout out the end zone podcast. Let me get my plug in here really quick. End zone podcast at end zone pod on Twitter. Trey is my, look at your plug time. We got Trey's question right now. It says, should being a Broncos fan qualify as a mental health disorder? Eric, you are the qualified person to answer this question. I want to hear Donnie's reaction first. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I think think you can put this on many different sports teams that put you through uh, a significant amount of depression or low points as a, as a major sports fan, obviously you shouldn't let yourself get to that point where you're depressed based on your sports team. But in football, especially you get 16 games. And when you watch your football team blow um, many of those games, or at least just, just absolutely get blown out of the water. Many of those games, it's depressing, especially if you're a big football fan. So it's like, I think the giants qualify for, for the same, the same issue. I got to watch the giants lead games or stay close in seven or eight games this year. And they probably won one of those games that were close. In. It's and the worst. The Broncos lost so many one-score games this that's year. That's what I'm saying. It's <sighs> got to be the most depressing reality to be a, a Broncos fan who you know that their ceiling is much higher than whatever their output is every year because you know they're not going to win those close games most of the time. Yeah, I mean, sure. Thanks, Trey. <laughs> At least you're honest <laughs> with yourself. There, you the Broncos fan. At least you're honest. At least you know. Fair enough. I think right, their ceiling it. next year, by the way, if yeah, everything ahead. stays the same, their ceiling's five and one. Hey, so Eric, right, you're, like, you're like close to a top four pick yourself. We were just talking about that last question. Like Broncos, low key, could be, could be. Yeah, they could. That's true. All right, <laughs> there we go. Funny question there from Trey. Shout out to the end zone pod. Good question there. We'll keep rolling. Next question asker, our friend Vin at 10 Panarin on Twitter 
says thoughts on Mika Zabanajad so far. Obviously, he's been bad, but what do you see he can improve on? What has he done well? And how do you get him out of this slump? Rangers fan here, Donnie, let's hear it. Yeah, you know, I'll be quick with this one because we talked about this a little bit previously. Um, he's coming off of COVID, so obviously not not the strongest start, and he doesn't look like himself just yet. Um, but, you know, obviously there are some, some things. It's just going to take him time to get back into things. Um, I, I, there's a lot of players that are probably dealing with similar effects. Uh, you come back, you're not as strong, you're not as um, – your stamina is not as good, but I do think you have to give credit to these guys that are still, you know, it's like Mika's advantage on plays power play. He plays penalty kill. He's their top center. He does a lot for them, regardless of if he's performing, as long as he's able to play high level PK. Um, and that you can say that for a lot of guys in the league, if you go through slumps, it's like, if, are you going to get mad at Patrice Burger on if he's not scoring? Uh, no, he's still the, one of the best defensive uh, players in the league. So I wouldn't necessarily be super, you know, depressed about it. And a slump is a slump. Slumps are almost always temporary. So it's like if Mika Zavinjad ended up scoring six games in a row, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but we've seen this out of almost everybody in the league. It's like there's, there's games where there's stretches where, I mean, I'm, our case seen Jonathan Taze have slumps multiple times over the last couple of years. And Jonathan Taze is a great player. Jonathan Taze is a, a future Hall of Famer, a fantastic leader, a fantastic talent. Um, hey, but these, these guys slump. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely rooting for him. Um, but yeah, we see players slump all the time, especially in hockey, where it's such a game of inches and such a game of just randomness. It's like we see shots blocked by the the end of somebody's the toe of their stick or like the the back of their leg, and they don't go in the net, or, or like diving stops, goalies making ridiculous plays. It's like you know, I I think the NHL is so fickle, and and you know these games come by so quickly that if a guy doesn't score in four or five games straight, it's like oh, it's a big slump. But in reality, it's like, I mean, it's it's to be expected he had 40 goals last year i mean it's like he, he probably wasn't going to put up those numbers again this year yeah good good analysis there any other thoughts from you eric on uh as a manager eric yeah. watches the rangers a lot which is i've just been crazy. watching I, I love talking i've been watching the rangers a lot recently i i've drafted Mika just on my fantasy hockey team um yeah, that Sorry. was a mistake. Um, he was really good last year, though. Like, I just I, – I don't want to understate that. Like, it, it has been a massive regression. He was, like, one of the best players in the NHL last year, arguably. So um, – but, I mean, he just hasn't done – I mean, he's had a few good games. We'll see. The Rangers are in an interesting spot here um, because low-key, the Capitals are kind of on a rough stretch right now. And they're stumbling a little bit. And if the Rangers can get hot and capitalize on this Capitals stumble over the past like week and a half, like they can get right back in the mix. Of me. Uh, to me, the Eastern Division is like the most fascinating division in hockey. I love it. How wild is it that you can talk about a stretch of, of a team losing a couple games being this magnanimous because of how short the season is and how, how there's 20 less, 25 less games than normal. It's like if a team loses games for two or three weeks in a row, they lose, they, they have a big, bad stretch where they're under 500. They could definitely miss the playoffs. They looked really wild. bad. They looked really bad against the devils today. The capitals. I watch the capitals a lot and they look, hey, they, they have won, not, so, they, they've not know. looked good in a while. I mean, I, Getting out of slumps, it's talking. It's all about winning those games, coming out of games like that. So I mean, yeah, I guess true. you can't be uh, super mad. Um, but yeah, hey, you know, we'll see. Yeah, good analysis there on Zabanajad and the Rangers from both Eric and Donnie there. So appreciate that and that question there from Ben. Definitely appreciate it. All right, we'll keep going. 
Back to baseball now. This question right. comes from Anderson, and he just says, pick your MLB division winners for this upcoming year. So I'll kind of run through my picks. Can, really wait, can I, I – so I don't know anything about baseball. Can I run yeah. through mine first because yeah, I don't right, want please. to be Go influenced ahead. by yours? Yes. So AL East, I think the obvious answer is the Yankees. They're just a really good team. Hopefully, hey, John – Hopefully, John Carlos Stanton can stay healthy. That's all I was looking not. for out of you. I'm proud of you. As you got one. That's fine. And uh, the Yankees. Uh, AL Central. I like the White Sox. I like the players they have. I like Yohan Makanda or whatever his name Moncada, is. Moncada, yeah. Moncada. We'll take um, it. I, I like him a lot. I like Lucas Galito, their pitcher. Galito, yeah. Um, <laughs> I... I, I uh, I appreciate I think, the effort. That's I think all the White, White, White Sox win the AL Central. Uh, AL West, uh, I know a lot of people might say Houston, but if the Angels sign a pitcher, which I think they might, it could be the Angels. I doubt that, though. They always choke. I'll go with the A's. I, I They kept most of their players from last year, and they won last year. I know it was a shortened season, though. Um, NL East, I feel like maybe the Phillies. Um Atlanta, but I'm fine with that. I'm fine. That's fine with me. I don't even. That's good. That's nah, good. I kind of like. I, I really like Acuna. I like Ozzy Albies. I like Swanson. I like Atlanta a lot. That, so you're getting you're getting warmer there. That's I'm, definitely the better choice. I'm gonna go Atlanta, and all Central. I mean, they traded for Nolan Arenado, so I'm I'm going the Cardinals. They're probably the best of a group of bad teams, and NL West. Mm, Donnie's gonna hate me, but I'm going San Diego. They've Ridiculous. just done. They've just done so much this offseason, and I can't root for the Dodgers. So I'm going, I'm going the Padres. I actually so thought that was pretty good analysis from Eric. Yeah, that, that was fantastic. From I actually agree with baseball. a lot of what you said. I definitely agree with the Yankees and the White Sox. I'm actually going with Houston. I know you gave some consideration there between them and the A's. I, you know, I don't have a great feel for for that division, but I'll just go with Houston. Uh, going over to the NL, I like Atlanta as well, so I thought that was a good pick. St. Louis is probably the safe pick in the Central. We talked about this on our last podcast, but I'm going with the Cincinnati Reds just kind of as a sleeper. Why not? And then NL West, I'm going with the Dodgers. I know Donnie's going to agree with me on that. The Dodgers win the NL West every year. That's like picking Kansas to win Big 12 basketball, Oklahoma to win Big 12 football. Shout out to Scotty G. But the Dodgers are winning the NL West. Come on. I Kansas don't is not winning the Big 12 this year. So Okay. So maybe the Padres are winning. That's Something to keep here. in mind. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll definitely agree with all the AL choices. I think it's it's pretty clear the Yankees, White Sox, and Astros are, are, are the favorites. Although I definitely could see the A's making some yeah. noise. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, it's a Perfect. good good team. They'll both be in the playoffs. Um NL East, I'm going with the New York Mets. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, there has it's got to happen eventually, right? It's it's at one of these Until years. Until they all are on the injured list, on it. Yeah, I, I mean, if they can stay healthy, because I think they they have done a lot. And obviously, bringing Strowman back is going to help a lot. Their pitching staff should be tremendous. I mean, until like game thirty, when everybody's on the IL, <laughs> as we talked about. Um, the Central, the division that I'm going to call the worst in the league this year, um, but by a considerable amount, probably I'll definitely go with the Cardinals. I think they've they've made Perfect. additions. Everybody else has made subtractions. Kind of how that works. And then uh, the NL West, I'll take the Dodgers by 15 games. I think they blow out everybody else. Um, it, it just, you know, when you add what, who was the best pitcher in the league or one of the best pitchers in the league last year on top of already the best pitching staff in baseball, and you bring back every single player that was meaningful to your, to your starting lineup, obviously they lost like Jock Peterson, guys like that. But, you know, so this is a team that was clearly the best team in baseball for the entirety of last year. Um, and I, I definitely would not bet against them this year. Um, and neither would the, the books. The books have the Dodgers as three or four wins ahead of the second best team in baseball. So, 
yeah, good conversation there. Obviously excited for baseball to come back. As we mentioned, next Sunday, looking forward to spring training. So good conversation there. Actually, good analysis from Eric. Very glad he started that off. Actually, thought he did a nice job with that. So big shout out to, to our guest on that one. But um, all right, we'll keep rolling. Next question asker is our friend Josh at I Hate Lettuce 2. Josh has like 15 thoughts for us. So we're going to kind of whip through these here fairly quickly. But we'll start here. His first thought, he says, should the Colts play Carson Wentz over 75% of the snaps? And of course, yes. I would much rather a first round pick from an Eagles perspective than a second round pick. So I'm going to go with yes. The Colts should definitely play Carson Wentz over 75% of the snaps. Obviously, that comes into factor if he gets injured or not. So hopefully the Colts offensive line will do a better job at protecting Carson than the Eagles have done the last few years. So um, yes, obviously, I'm going to go with yes, that the Colts should play. I don't think there's too much more analysis. Uh, any other thoughts from Eric or Donnie on that? Eric, you want, you want I to do add. think it's interesting. They love Jacoby Brissett. Like he's a free agent. Fun fact. I, they're going to resign him. Uh, everything I I, I I watch press conferences incessantly. Everything the Colts have ever said about Jacoby Brissett is like incessantly positive. They are keeping him, and he will play some snaps next year. Okay. I mean. If Wentz was bad, I wouldn't be shocked if he played. Um, I do think if Wentz, if the Colts are good and Wentz has a possibility to play 75% of the snaps next year, um, they're going to do it. There's yeah, no reason Wentz not to. Yeah, yeah I, I would definitely assume that Wentz at least starts off with the job, would may not keep the job. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely say if they are in a position to where they have to think about starting him for 75% of the snaps, the season probably went downhill pretty quickly. Like if this is even a question, either he got injured or they're bad. And that's just neither of those are situations they want to deal with. Yeah. And I will note the other condition, if Carson Wentz can play 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs, that is the other caveat that the, that could happen for the Eagles to get that first round pick. So a um, couple of options there, but pretty similar. So uh, good thought there from Josh, obviously a lot of Carson Wentz analysis in this podcast and fellow Eagles fan there with Josh. So appreciate that question. Next one. He says, Ryan, you want to hang out for the draft this year. I will be vaccinated by then because I have a mental condition. And this is just a funny thought because, first of all, I would obviously watch the draft with Josh. Josh is one of my best friends and fellow Eagles fan. So, of course, I would watch the Josh with him. But he also clarified that he would be vaccinated by then. So, I have no fear of it's another layer of safety as a result of being love to see it. Yeah, so, <laughs> that makes me feel a lot better. I will likely be in Iowa City. For the draft so if you want to come out and visit me definitely down but i think that's probably the most likely situation of what will happen there but yes more than down to hang out for the draft this year i love the draft donnie and i might see each other in may it's that true eric? that's my that's my point eric, eric's coming to time visit time. in may so you know i'll uh i'll socially distance myself there you go eric may not be vaccinated by then because uh, actually josh says he'll be vaccinated by then because of his mental condition and eric's mental condition is that he's a denver broncos fan it's so there you go. We, we all tie it in so true. now you have an opportunity to get a, to get a wait, vaccine that's a valid wait i, I, I don't josh think it's had like caesars <laughs> yeah i i don't, I don't think being a broncos fan is enough to get no 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 i mean but, like, but i mean coach. like actual mental conditions like i do have like an actual mental condition yeah so so i'm, I'm sure you could figure out yeah you, you could put yourself ahead of ahead of where you would normally be if you were like uh, hopefully all just people can get the vaccine like the would anxiety you? disorders like would that i i would google that i would google hmm. that because it's interesting I, I i don't know how uh it's state by state too obviously it's so. interesting all right fun conversation about the draft and coronavirus vaccine so thanks for that question josh <laughs> Uh, next one he's got Justin Fields to the Eagles 
So Josh, big Buckeyes fan and Eagles fan. Of course, he would want this. I'm a big Justin Fields fan, too. I know I talked about it earlier in this podcast. I would definitely be down if Justin Fields somehow falls a six overall. And the Eagles are like, sure, give me Justin Fields. Why not? I don't anticipate it happening. I think Jalen Hurts will be the Eagles starting quarterback next season. So that's what I definitely anticipate. But, hey, if Justin Fields is there at six, I'm definitely down. So that's kind of my thought on that. Donnie or Eric, any other comments from you on that? Yeah, you know, I'll add there's probably zero chance that this happens because I'm assuming that he's not going to fall that far. And I think yeah. Jalen Hurts – trading Carson Wentz means Jalen Hurts is probably their guy at least for this year. you got to give him a shot. All right. We'll keep rolling for Josh questions. He says, anyone want to teach me how to ice skate? So Absolutely I mean, not. Like, no. I'm not the greatest no, I ice skater. I, I've skated Neither a few times anymore. in my day, but it was fun. I'm definitely not qualified to teach ice skating, but I mean, sure. If you want to visit for the draft and we can, you know, find somewhere to ice skate. There's like a mall here in Iowa that has pretty trash ice, but you can ice skate. Fun fact. So, I mean, it could happen, but I mean, I'm not a qualified ice skating teacher, but I mean, sure. We can probably make something work. So, interesting. Your- Eric, are you able to teach Josh, our friend here, how to ice skate? What do you think? No, fun interjection. Uh, I am also looking for ice skating lessons. Like okay. one of the greatest. You're not getting them. One of the great. One of the greatest regrets in my lo- young life is that I never learned how to ice skate. I would love if any at any point in my life I got a chance to like play pond hockey. I would love to take that opportunity, but I simply don't know how to ice skate. So that could be a problem. Yeah. I, I don't know how popular skating or hockey is in your area. I'm it's really not, not, it's not really. I'm, I'm thinking it's probably, that's probably another caveat, you know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> So what we need to do now for all of our roadie on the horn listeners is collectively teach us all how to ice skate together. We need like a a roadie on the horn ice skating class. So we all of us can can learn how to skate together. That's what I'm thinking. So there you go. After we're all vaccinated from our mental health condition, we can can get that going. That's what I'm thinking there. All right. More thoughts from Josh that are funny. This next one, he says, Gene and Jude's best hot dogs. Josh has asked about Gene and Jude's before on this podcast. And again, he brings it up here. Chicago, obviously, Josh, another Chicago suburbs folk. So big hot dog fans we are in chicago jenny jukes very good hot dogs i will note but portillo's is the best hot dogs that is absolutely no chicago suburbs kids know that so there you go there's your absolutely your agree all right localized thing he knows about portillo's so there I, go. I do i don't know anything about gene and jude's but i do know about portillo's so so eric. eric's got his hand up yeah here's eric. my interjection i'm gonna make interjections on these um you are our guest welcome What's the deal with Chicago people hating ketchup? Like, I, that I don't. That is real. What you I, just said is real. There are definitely people that frown upon. I don't that. understand that. I love ketchup on hot dogs. I'm pro ketchup too. Listen, I get ketchup on my hot dogs. I'm not afraid to admit that. I don't know. It is a thing though. What you just said is real. There are definitely Chicago I mean, people that frown. Like, I've them. met like several people from Chicago where I have got, gotten hot dogs with them, like at sporting events, and brought them to them with ketchup, and they're like, "I'm not going to eat that." And I was yeah. like, oh, "What?" <laughs> people also argue about pizza incessantly like their entire lives revolve around stylistic pizzas yeah. pizza styles so um listen deep dish pizza is good and so is new york pizza wow yeah our, our case I, had something that some people I have could never had imagine. never had the deep dish pizza you gotta do it you gotta do it it's very good don't have that out here in salt lake city either. <laughs> all right the question about hot dogs from josh it really wouldn't be a podcast without him asking about us about food so good thought there uh, next one he's got for us. So last podcast, Josh asked our listener, Scott, if he wanted to like hang out or something. And Scott did not reply apparently. So here Josh is just says, Scott, that was rude of you to not decline my invitation to do something. 
Like, I don't care that you don't want to. I just wanted an answer. So Josh is a little ticked off that, that our friend Scott at Sports with Scott on Twitter has not replied to him asking if he wanted to like go to the driving range or something like that. So Scott, I know you're listening right now. Just just hit up oh, Josh. Let him know if you want to hang out with him. We have another interjection. Hand up, Eric. What do you got for us? Let's go. Listen, Josh, I'd love to hang out. If you ever find yourself around Salt Lake City, Utah, I'd love to show you the mountains. Um, maybe we could go skiing. Uh, this is an open invite to anybody in the world. Come to Salt Lake wow. City, Utah. I mean, it's Goodbye, a very yeah, I am. I'll take you outdoors and show you a good time. We'll get out of Salt Lake City, Utah, which is actually very not exciting, and see like wild Utah, which is actually more exciting. So, okay, that's my very, very very kind of you, Eric. Way to way to welcome all of our roadie on the horn guests to to hang out with you in Utah. That is a, a very very generous offer, Donnie. Yes. Any any other You're thoughts welcome. from you on what's going on right now? No, I mean it's like I definitely respect um, Josh reaching out. Cause he knows Scott listen. That's let's just leave you it know. at that. And, and that's, we all know. it's truly disrespectful. Cause I'm thinking Scotty D probably doesn't go out a whole lot. I mean, I'm sure he, he does, he does a fair amount of hanging out with people, but like, what, why not make a new friend or why not, why not extend your friend? If, if I could, I hang out with Ryan. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm not Friendship going to Iowa. Development. I, Iowa, Iowa, not real, but um, you know, Hey, isn't we'll this wild though? I would say, and this is going to sound really sad. Uh, I would say ninety percent of my friends are on Twitter. I I agree. It's the same with me. Like especially I, now, I, I, I don't like, go places. I have like five friends that I know in real life, like five people. Everybody else, I just know online. <laughs> I mean, I think it's probably fair, especially because I think the majority uh, during COVID, especially, but the majority of people's lives are uh, either on the internet or doing networking on the internet or you know yeah. talking to people through the internet. So it's like RK, for example, big Zoom guy, big LinkedIn guy. You know. Oh yeah, love my um, LinkedIn. Add me on LinkedIn. You you Rody on the Horn listener. Add me on LinkedIn for real. That's not a joke. Yeah, he is. He's absolutely insane. Um, but I mean, I, it's a good. It's a good insane. It, it's like you want to be that proactive in terms of networking. So I definitely respect it. But I don't know. I think the majority of people. What's your LinkedIn? It's just my name, Ryan Carney. K E A R N E Y. Bang. Good spelling from Donnie. That, see, there you go. Man- Friendship development. Donnie knows now. Are you general manager at, at Evely? No, I'm a student at the University of Iowa. <laughs> Marketing analytics. My major. This is the end of our podcast, by the way. If you're a listener and you're like, what the fuck is going on? This is how our podcasts work, especially at the end. Like, if you're a listener. Yeah, this one's been deep, podcast, too. That's the thing. Like, what the fuck? But we, yeah, we, are, we are extra in, in the end of, end of podcast bullshit. We are, we are extra in there right now. No cap. When we get to the Josh questions, then we're like, oh shit, what yes. the fuck's going on? All right, Josh has two more questions. Forever. We so can get, keep, keep going. Yeah, he says, is there a person on the planet cooler than Leonardo DiCaprio when he was young? So this is an interesting question because Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio is no longer young. But my answer, I actually do, is, and I wouldn't give this answer to anyone but Josh, but the answer is the only person cooler on the planet is Boston Scott when he plays the New York Giants. I hate that. It's the truth because just dominant. Yeah. Um, I was gonna go with Tom Brady pre kid kissing. Uh, I would okay. say like like so like Good caveat maybe like after the fifth uh fourth I don't know somewhere around there in there um Tom Tom Brady but other than, I, I Leo DiCaprio is a great it's a, just a great man obviously and sure. I would I disagree I think Tom cool Brady people. is currently one of the coolest people on the planet the level I, I of definitely agree the level of fucks he does not give right now is just incredible. He, he definitely enjoyed drinking after the after the parade. Yeah. So 
he's having a good time. Tom Brady's living living good life right now. He's living a cool life. So yeah, good thought there. Young Leonardo DiCaprio, definitely cool though. So that's a good shout from Josh. Good question. Josh has one more question, a thought-provoking question for us. And he says, if you had to rob a bank with three people, who would you choose to rob the bank with? And they have to be real people. They cannot be fictional characters. So I'm actually going to go to Donnie here first. Donnie, give me three people that you are tasked to rob a bank with. All right. Number one, The Rock. Um, he provides the, the brawn. He provides the, the size that we need out of, out of somebody. Um, probably more of, of a watching the door type person than anything. I don't think that he's going to be in there like, you know, bagging up cash. Uh, I would say that's not a great idea. Um, number two, uh, you, you know, it was really, it was interesting here to think about, like, I would have to do it with somebody that I actually knew, somebody that I, I, I could count on, somebody I could believe in. So I'm going to go with Dan Moffler. He's been on the podcast before. Nice. I think I think Dan would definitely, we've done GTA missions before. We've prepared for this many a times. So I'm thinking that he would be, he would be on, he, he'd be on the right level here. He would definitely know um, what we're doing. And then number three would be Tyree Kill. We need the speed just in case something <laughs> does happen. I need Tyree Kill to get in the mountains as fast as possible. So I need him to just to get the 40 time and just run. And um, you know, so- you need a violent person. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely he has he has a he has a it's true. I mean, I can't I can't deny that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was definitely thinking. You know, I don't provide that much. I don't bring that much to the table. Dan probably doesn't bring that much to the table. But The Rock and Tyree Hill could they could carry us. I mean, I like that. Hey. I like that answer, Eric. Let's hear it. Three other people you're robbing a bank with. Who are they? No comment. Just in case I do decide to rob a bank someday, <laughs> I want it to be successful. Uh- <laughs> Actually, respect, honestly. You are on air right now being recorded. Donnie said Tyreek Hill. I was going to pick Tyreek Hill, too. So I'm also taking really? Tyreek Hill on my team. Like, I'm not I'm not putting together a team of people robbing a bank and not passing on. And I'm not passing on Tyreek Hill. Like, come on. I'm taking Tyreek Hill for sure. I got two other people. And I want to go. I'm actually a fun fact. My personality. I fucking hate magic. Like, magic is not fucking real, okay? It's just an illusion. But I'm going with Penn and Teller as my other two people. What? I feel like <laughs> that's funny. Penn and Teller would be able to help me out and, like, <laughs> cause some shit to go on and like oh damn they just stole all the money from the bank so i'm going with tyree kill and penn and teller as my my three others i can't even argue like that that's quality that's what i'm going with i like it i'm confident in that answer so good thought good question from josh so i definitely like that and and respect for eric for for passing on a, on a few questions as well because you never know who'll be listening to roadie on the horn listeners maybe maybe they're fbi agents so tyree kill now is actually a hot commodity because now people are wondering if tyree kill is starting to rob banks maybe if he's trending on twitter that's why maybe that's a thought all right, that's Josh questions for you, Rody on the Horn listener. That that is our friend at I Hate Lettuce Two on Twitter. Definitely give him a follow. Ask those questions every podcast. So we are definitely very much appreciative. We've now reached the point in the podcast where we have one question left. This is kind of a designated spot for my sister Kira at Kira K three twenty on Instagram. And her question is: This one's definitely going to Donnie first. She says, "If you could have one company sponsor this podcast, this podcast, Rody on the Horn, what would it be? And it cannot be Sheck West." So that was actually an important caveat because we definitely would have picked Sheck West easy. So shout out to Kira for thinking ahead. But yeah, Donnie, we'll go to you. One company to sponsor the podcast. Wait, I have a question. Eric has an interjection. Go ahead. Wait, Sheck Sheck West is a person. Correct. He's a brand. Sheck West. He's not a company. He's a a basketball player. (laughs) Shaq West is on a basketball team in France. So, I mean, te- te- I mean, he's not a company, but he, but he's people a- forget the roadie on the horn drafted Shaq West first. We, we did. We did. We did indeed. He did, he did not sign his contract, however. So, you know, we definitely have to move on from that. Um, but if I did have an answer for this, I would probably go with either DraftKings or FanDuel. I just think it makes too much sense. We talk about betting odds a lot. We talk about bad bets a lot. Uh, we both gave can't, uh, can't lose parlays that lost. 
um, the last time we did that. And then we picked soccer parlays that also did not work. That was an air question, I believe. Uh, did not go well in the Premier League. Um, so I, I would definitely go with I would go with DraftKings, uh, specifically DraftKings Sportsbook, because that's where I uh, I bet the most. Um, I think it just makes the most sense. You know, I'm gonna give a logical answer to a, to a logical question instead of giving you some stupid shit that leads you down a rabbit hole. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, um, fair. Oh, RK, like go ahead. I my initial thought was Nike, but I feel like that's kind of like a basic answer. Like, oh wow, it would be super cool to pair with Nike. Definitely down. But I'm gonna go with Fanatics. I feel like my thought was like I'd like to get someone that can help us with like apparel. Like if I could get like a roadie on the horn and snapback, like maybe that's like an idea down the road. That'd be pretty sick. Or like Fanatics, obviously they do a lot with like other teams too. So I feel like they could hook us up with some merch. So that would be pretty sick. I'll go with uh with Fanatics on that. Eric, you have a podcast yourself. You could pick any company to sponsor your podcast. Who are you picking? Yeah, Coca Cola. I just embody the brand. Um, My blood is, I would say, 90% Coca-Cola. I am not a healthy person. Uh, I've devoted my life to the love of Coca-Cola. I will follow Coca-Cola to the end of the earth. I will be their corporate drone until I literally drop of a heart attack or type 2 diabetes. So So are we we calling this an addiction or what? it's close to that so like coca-cola like you could own my soul like i would sell my soul (laughs) (laughs) like like, it'd be an honor to be uh sponsored uh by coca-cola but by the way free parlay champions league please don't listen to him chelsea Bayern munich Please don't listen. Pair to him. that with Syria matchup of. Please don't listen to him. Sassuolo against Torino on Friday, and nobody wants to watch Syria soccer, Eric. Parma We're two hours into a podcast, and Parma and against Spezia. Parma over Spezia, seven a.m. Parma. Is Eric, Eric, name me three players on Parma. Name me, name me three players on Parma. Antonio. All right, Alizio? moving on. Really good, good job. Uh, I good have job, more. <laughs> Antoine Corze and are these real people? I don't know. Fabian don't know. Courtois. So. I just don't, I don't think Fabian Courtois is a real name. I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you because I I know Thibaut Courtois is, is a very very good goal. I you probably should have thought of another name, but uh, that's okay. Um, Kira, obviously, thank you for the question. Shout we out. appreciate it more than you know. Um, Thanks, you know, Kira. I'm a big fan. Show. Yeah, I'm a big fan too. I, I, I enter, she taught yeah. me what she taught me multiple things, um, tools that I had no a lot idea. Of kitchen appliances, a lot of kitchen appliances. I had no idea yeah. were real. So I mean, it's like, what's the trivet? Do you know what a trivet is, Eric? No. Or a trivet? Oh, no. you don't. You know how do you handle your your hot pots you, and pans? What, what are you it? doing? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Um. Definitely nutty. Um. This is this has been a two hour recording, two hour Why recording. Not? Why not? I mean, I, it's, it's it's true. Why not? Um, you know, Eric, this is your time to plug whatever you want to plug, whatever you desire to plug in life. What do you what do you got for me? Hmm. I mean, I have a podcast. It's okay. Yeah. It's fine. I, I need more than that. I need you to yeah, what, tell us about your podcast. Listen, listen, listen. It's the best. Well, it's definitely not the best, but it, it, it's a it's a NFL podcast. You want to listen to one NFL podcast that covers most of the NFL? That is the End Zone Podcast. Go check it out at End Zone Pod on Twitter. Uh, I am a writer. I think an okay writer. 
I write about Utah women's basketball on uh, the Utah Daily Chronicle. Go check that out. They're a really bad team. Um, I am just, uh, I am a, a character. And uh, you need more characters in your life. Follow me on Twitter at Eric at that, that is something I can get behind. That right there is something I can get behind. Me as a person, I will sell you on. I am a character. There is no one like Eric Jensen. No one says the things I will say, and no one will ever match the things I do. So this man's got a ruler in his hand, by the way. For he's had, I just want to mention he's, he's had the ruler in his hand the last two hours. He has had the ruler in his hand the, the entire time. Yeah, I've been I've been fiddling with the ruler and the rubber the band time. the entire time. I told you guys I fidget when I talk. Yeah, I don't um, have that ability. It would like piss me off to have something in my hands right now. I'd be I, I have a bottle here. I'd be just you know just passing around, throwing it up. You know, it's just like I just. But yeah, I I mean I, I am a big fan of this show. I I am happy. Donnie's first podcasting experiences came with me. I was very, I was very True. happy when he started a podcast. Uh, it pisses me off that you guys don't have a schedule. That really pisses <laughs> me off. That's never going to happen. But, I, I don't, I'm too lazy. Um, I'm too lazy. For that ain't happening. But I like that you've started to timestamp things. Um, that was an. Arcade. That was definitely a big feedback. I, I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to do that's, that. That's that's good and smart and and makes me listen every week and good. I doubt anyone has sat through the full two hours, but if you have, I think you're wrong. I think Scotty G has Scotty absolutely... G and Josh are our two that we can count. I, I'd say Josh yeah. is even questionable. Scotty G is the Scott, biggest supporter in my man. life. Oklahoma's going to be a two seed. They're going to be a sweet 16 team. Maybe the final four. Who knows? Uh, look I don't out. want that to happen. I, I don't love Oklahoma basketball. Love Oklahoma football. So I'm with you, my man. Awesome. Good stuff, Eric. We're really glad to have you on. Obviously, we'll have you on again soon when the Utah Jazz do things. Hopefully good things. We'll see. That was a fun Maybe bad me. things. You never know. Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Roth Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Roth Podcast. Follow us on TikTok at Roth Podcast. Add me on LinkedIn. That's that's what my my parting way. Check West. Come you, on the podcast. Bro. It's been an awesome one. It's been a long podcast. I'm excited, but we're gonna end it up here. So shout out to you guys, listeners, for making it all the way through. Definitely let us know your thoughts on social media. We'll end out off here. Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and hope you have a great rest of your day, everyone. Peace. Peace.